Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin Le Mans Cup on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. A warm welcome to Spa-Francorchamps for the latest round of the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup with cars working their way now to the grid ahead of the sixth race of the year, although the fifth meeting of the year. Remember that Le Mans, the road to Le Mans, was a double header. One of the races being held on the Thursday of Le Mans week, one on Saturday morning. Since then, we've been to the Red Bull Ring, to Paul Ricard in the south of France at Le Castellet, and here to Spa for the penultimate race with a visit to Portimao in Portugal still to come. Qualifying was held a few hours ago and it was a fight for pole in LMP3 between Ibram uh, Pardo Javier, between M Racing, Graf N Race, Nielsen Racing, but particularly DKR Engineering, who were favourites really heading into that session with so many poles already for Belgian Jean Glorio. And here at his home race, he managed again to bag another pole position. So starts to drive us right on the front row alongside Tony Wells. It'll be Alan Costa for N-Race to start the 99 car alongside Adrian Schiller. And it looks like for the main part, uh, drivers or at least teams have gone with their bronze driver and leaving the quicker gold or silver driver to the second part of the race. It'll be a two-hour affair with one mandatory pit stop. My name's Johnny Palmer and I'm joined by Graham Goodwin for our coverage, continued coverage through the course of 2017. Lee Moll in the smart the Mercedes AMG GT3 in that really attractive red livery just being wheeled back down the grid. I think he's gone a bit too far and into the LMP3 cars, but uh, this a small but perfectly formed grid, Graham. Uh, just the four GT cars this weekend. We'd expected six, but a couple of late withdrawals, but a, a 14-car entry in LMP3 is very healthy indeed. It is indeed. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, let's just cover off those two late withdrawals and then move on to unremitting positivity for the remainder of the two hours. Uh, sadly, no uh, start this weekend for the Optum Motorsport Audi. We wish Flick Haywell, who's uh, had some health problems, and have uh, negated the opportunity to bring the uh, rather pretty Audi to the uh, race here at Spa. And then the following day, uh, an uh, unforeseen commitment uh, fell the way of Roman Voss, which means the Ram Racing crew, and they're equally pretty, some would argue prettier, some would argue not. Uh, Mercedes-AMG that that car too is a withdrawal the team did work very hard to try to find an alternative driver for Ramon uh, but unfortunately to no avail so they're making their way back to the United Kingdom and the Silverstone Erie uh, today but we do have Johnny a fabulous 18 car grid four GT cars as you quite rightly say 14 LMP3 cars first year of course the LMP3 pack has joined the fun in the Michelin Le Mans Cup and uh, a bit of a mixed bag too uh, with the pole position car the remainder 13 uh, Ligiers and a single uh, Norma M30 we're looking at the number 9 car this is the Decane Engineering car uh, and a Ligier JSP3 the team now runs Normas in the LMS but uh, retain their vision for this this is the Spirit of Race car the 55 car 
Claudia Sedanovic aboard the car and will start the race. You should also say, by the way, uh, I believe at the moment we're going to see just one of the pro drivers starting this race. And once again, it's going to be Alex Capardia uh, in a lowly 15th position at the moment, number 14 RLRM Sport car. But uh, likely to see some fireworks there, I think. Uh, we've seen it before from Alex uh, carving his way through the grid to give a position for Ross Warburton to defend. Cool racing by, G uh, by GPC. Tenth on the grid for the number four car. And that is 12th on the grid, of course, behind two GT3 cars. It's Alexander who start that car. We've talked already about this car. Lee Mole is going to start his uh, number seven Mercedes AMG, second in the GT order. Uh, but he's got a new teammate this weekend with Dominic Bauman joining the Limon uh, Mercedes-Benz. His regular partner, uh, Phil Keane, is uh, out trying to bag himself a British GT title back in the UK. Yes, at Donington Park, all coming to a close in the UK. Manuel Busnelli having a word there with somebody else at EB Motors. Maybe a little bit of late drama ahead of this two-hour race. Yep, that's um, a very Italian waving of the arms there. It was. You tell, tell a real Italian by the quantity of arm waving that's going on, and that was the most Italian uh, thing I've seen so far today, Johnny. Yeah, there was quite a lot of gesticulation, shall we say. Uh, Fabio Babini, the second driver to go into that car. Sean Lynn will start the United Autosports machine. This is the 23 car that will start from ninth on the grid, and he shares again with Richard Mines. So the 54-year-old Sean Lynn to kick things off. Father of Alex Lynn, who races in the World Endurance Championship for Tree Drive Racing. And indeed will race in uh, Formula E next year for full season two. Alex Lynn, very much another coming man. There's Andy Merrick, ex-Bentley and Aston Martin factory driver, now with Motorsport 98 here and helping Eric Dodonka squeeze the best he possibly can. Charlotte Lumley there from United Autosports, checking up on her Facebook. Yep. She was definitely live with us. Uh, Motorsport 98, a Belgian squad, and Eric de Donker, Belgian driver too. So a little bit of extra support here at Spa. Franco Champ, the man to the left there, Gerard Neveur of LMEM, the uh, Le Mans um, organisation body that sorts out the deals for Le Mans and also coverage of ELMS through the course of the year. Big announcement this weekend as well, just a little earlier on this morning, for a new calendar for this championship and the European Le Mans series. Not a huge amount of change from 2017 into 18. Uh, we don't have the confusion of the Silverstone round moving from April to August because this championship doesn't visit the UK. It goes to Le Mans instead for that double header across the weekend of the 14th and 16th of June. Jim Maguire there aboard the number 22 United Autosports car with the Aero Paint scheme and Jim, the owner of Aero Paint. Uh, there is multiple world champion Ivan Muller. Uh, Gallic Santa, I think we were calling him with that beard lately and uh, looking... Uh, we're very bearded uh, on the grid ahead of this race. So what's uh, looking like possibly one of the biggest motorsport festivals of the year next year will feature the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and that is going to be a week in Le Castellet in April, starting off with a 36-hour combined test for the WEC, then the LMS prologue test, then the prologue test for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and then both LMS and Michelin Le Mans Cup racing the following weekend. Yeah, and that will, now. that will end on the 14th and 15th of April, forming round one of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. But as you say, everyone will have been there for the best part of seven or eight days. 
yeah. prior to that. I'll be crawling out of that place on my hands and knees <laughs> on the way back to Marseille Airport, I'm sure. Yes, plenty of work to do during that week, but it's a long way off yet. April, well, feels like a long way off. I'm sure it'll uh, rattle around very quickly indeed. It'll fly by. Nice weather here at Spa. Little bit of, uh, well, early this morning was a chill in the air. There was a lot of fog as well. Early morning mist hanging around the Arden Forest. That's cleared, well clear now, and it's actually a really nice day with temperatures hovering around uh, 17 degrees Celsius. Fourth on the grid there, that's number 65, Graf Racing, Racing Car, one of two cars for them this weekend. New addition to the grid a little further back. We'll talk about that when we get a chance to see it. But uh, Adrian Chila um, is on the second row of the grid for this two-hour race to come in just a few minutes' time. So that's the car that will start in fourth. This is the car that will start third, the N-Race entry from France. Alain Costa to start the car. Jordan Perroy, his co-driver once more, as he was at the start of the year at Monza. We've had a, a little bit of rotation as far as Alain's co-driver's concerned through the year, including Gaetan Palatou last time out at Paul Ricard, but Jordan Perroy back in the fold at N-Race. The next car I get the feeling we have a glimpse of will be the 79 Nielsen Racing Machine. There she is. That will start from second position, so a front row start and a great qualifying effort from Tony Wells. It's an all-British lineup for the uh, Nielsen Racing crew from the UK. Sven there from the Nielsen Racing team looking in the other side of the car. Gets out of shots. I don't quite know why. He's a good-looking man. <laughs> he should, uh, we should see more of Sven on the television. But here comes the pole position car. Yeah, and for the fifth time this year, the DKR engineering machine starts at the front of the pack. The number three machine very slightly damaged on the rear right corner after an off for an outlap for Jean Glorio, who, who will be the driver to start this car, losing it on cold tyres at the end of the Kemmel straight, turned in at the usual point, but the car quickly rotated on him, and it just backed very slightly into the red and white tyre barrier. So they've got rid of the scuff marks. It looks like it's all cleaned up on the back. It yeah. is. Yeah, there was a lot of yellow on it when I saw it so just outside our booth here earlier. The national colours, of course, are Belgium, the host nation for this, uh, f well, th this round of the Michelin Le Mans. Cup, the penultimate round indeed. Just one more to come after this one, Johnny. Yeah, and uh, a new visit to Portimao as far as the Michelin Le Mans Cup is concerned. Last year, in its inaugural year, we went to Estoril. But, uh, slightly warmer conditions expected further south in Portugal in a month's time. Can DKR Engineering sew the title up even before we get to Portugal. There is Andrea Bertolini with the Ferrari hat on, clearly with some personal interest in this race. I was asking Andrea who. I mean, it may well be that it's uh, the spirit of race team. Part of the year, of course, uh, Empire, of course. Team and uh, an organisation that runs cars into the hundreds across multiple series, not just Ferrari, but, of course, LMP3 cars here, Maseratis in the Super Trofeo uh, series that they run too. It's Andrea Bertolini, uh, 43 years old now, Andrea. Very, very accomplished race driver indeed, and one of the real nice guys in world motorsport. So, yes, uh, his old mate Michele Rugolo sharing the spirit of race 55 car with Claudio Sedanovic, a name we've already mentioned further back on the grid. That driver to start from 14th position. Almost Nick. tripping the grid girl up there, the cameraman being a bit naughty. Neatly done by that young lady <laughs> there, I thought. Yes, preemptive. So, Nielsen 
already success in LMP3 this year. Already holders now of the inaugural UK, the Henderson Insurance UK LMP3 Cup. And uh, moving on to what I have no doubt will be greater things. I do expect they are one of those teams that will be looking to take a step up from the Michelin Le Mans Cup if there's space for them in the European Le Mans Series next year. DKR mm. Engineering, surely another. Uh, these are two teams that have got here really punching hard. Yeah, because uh, Pierre Fion stealing uh, photographer's <laughs> jobs there. It's been three wins okay. on the trot now for DKR Engineering. Sorry, Pierre Fion. I think he's going to get a call from the union about yeah, that. Yeah, well, be honest with you. there's now ev firm evidence of what uh, he was up to. Absolutely outrageous. Surely French employment law doesn't allow I, those kind of I things. I do like the fact that he still gets down on the grid, though, and just wants to soak up the atmosphere and take photographs and realise that, you know, I am at a race meeting. It's hard work, yes, but you get a bit of free time. Let me give you a moment about Pierre Fion. I, I had some time with Pierre before I came down for this race, and uh, the Formula Renault uh, race was on, of course, the big accident at the top of Radion, mm. and immediately concerned, immediately disengaged from the meeting, immediately went to find out what actually had happened there. Uh, this is a guy that cares about his motorsport. I think yep. he's been an excellent president for the ACO and needs to take full credit for the fact that this series has been developed as another rung on the ladder for sports car racing under the ACO rulebook. Uh, LMP3 has been a real success here. They clearly know they've got some work to do about GT um, grid in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, but we've got high-quality cars there, just not enough of them. But it has provided just another little frisson uh, of excitement in what have been really very good races so far. One minute board on the grid. There is uh, Eduardo Freitas, the race director for the Michelin Le Mans Cup. You mentioned that accident in the Formula Renault Euro Cup. We wish Gilles Magnus the very best. I know he's rushed to the medical centre after a big crash at Radion. He's in the best possible hands here. Again at his home race, so that's the last thing he wanted. More Formula Renault action later on in this weekend, tomorrow, in fact. But the cars for the Michelin Le Mans Cup are on the grid and raring to go. There'll be a rolling start, remember? And we're aiming to get the race underway at 4 o'clock, and it looks like we're going to be bang on for that because the grid is now being cleared of the last few personnel. It was one per car, even those people now have been told to move to the edge, to the, the grass area, and the hole in the pit wall is about to be closed with the final instructions being sent then to the drivers and to the relevant team members. There are officials still on the main straight as well and the pace car the is starting to roll. Behind a remarkably rapid Renault pace car. Times earlier in was then red flagged from the Renault race this morning. Uh, they almost look like up to uh, full racing speed in the wets, but uh, they're keeping pace with the, the Renault ahead. Mm. This is a good-looking grid here. Sunshine, always a joy to see sunshine. What a view it is from the top of Radion, down past the old pits, where these cars are actually based this weekend, of course. The uh, Formula 1 pits on the top of the hill, the property this weekend of the European Le Mans series cars, but... Uh, 18 car grid now lodged in the old pits onto the Kemmel Straits yeah, whipping through the grid on the graphic the bottom of the screen, Glorio and uh, Tony Wells on the front row no overtaking before the start line the start signal is the turning out of the red lights we do require that position 6 stays vacant on the grid until after crossing the start line cars which are in position 
Alan Costa and Adrian Schiller on the second row for N Race and Graf respectively. Laurent Malara starts the 53 car for M Racing alongside Javier Ibram. So Javier wasn't qualifying the car earlier on today, but for Ibram Pardo Javier, he will be the starting driver number 33. Jim Maguire in the 22 United Autosports car alongside Eric de Donka, the man from Belgium and not very far away from the Spa circuit for Motorsport 98, a local team. Another United Autosports car, number 23, started by Sean Lynn, starts ninth alongside the best-placed GT3 car, Emanuele Pusnelli for EB Motors in the Lambo. Then it's Lee Mole in the Mercedes, entered by Lee Mole, number 7, alongside Iraj Alexander. Spirit of Race um, Ligier started by Claudio Sedanovic Joel Janko for Duquesne Engineering sharing with Kenton Cook this weekend but it's Joel for the opening stint then Alex Capardia watch him come through the order starting from 15th position alongside William Locke and the back row will be Cedric Mezar and Andrew Baker completing the GT3 lineup in Lamborghini and Porsche respectively uh, for one or two people, I think, probably a little confused as to why they're getting such a lot of uh, instruction from the Bardo Freitas. Remember, this is a development series. These are, for the most part, relatively inexperienced gentleman drivers, and the Bardo Freitas takes his responsibilities as the race director extremely seriously, he wants to make sure in that excitement of the cars making their way around this formation lap that there's no misunderstanding about process. They've all been to the driver's briefing, but that would have been at least 24 hours ago he wants this to be as neat, tidy, and in particular, as safe as he can possibly make it. And we're getting around now to the point where, going through uh, to complete this formation lap, just a couple of three corners to go. Great to see, actually, a very good crowd here. They've opened more mm. parking, I've been told, um, this afternoon. Well, that's great news to exceed expectation and pile the fans in here. I mean, it's not a circuit that goes short of fans at the best of times, but... Great to know that the European Le Mans series, with its free entry, there you go. is bringing so many fans in. Ten euro, I think, still to get into the paddock, Absolutely. but everywhere else, all the grandstands are open. And you can go where you like for free of charge, and that's thanks to Renault and Renault Sport. Their backing they bring with the Euro Cup along with the European Le Mans series. DKR Engineering from pole position. If they win this race, they've won the championship. It's as simple as that. They've got uh, 88 points to their name. It's up to the pole setter to, to keep the speed. Once the leading car leaves, it's the pole setter that dictates the pace. And 88 back to 62. So the lead is 26 points. Everyone being told to move into line and into a neat and tidy two-by-two two grid. But there is a big gap up alongside Lauren Milara. Now, is that because we're missing one of the cars? Are we missing car 33, the Javier Ibram entry? It's not, it's not there. That's why we've got the gap then. So car 33, it looks like we'll not start this race. I'd missed that on the grid. But round six, the... At fifth venue of the season gets underway now for the Michelin Le Mans Cup with five red lights quickly illuminated. Now, this is always a pinch point down towards La Source for the first time. Best place to be is out front. That's where Jean Glorio is, and he's got away well. Nielsen Racing elbowed out, though, and is falling back down the order. So a tough start for Tony Wells. They're their nearest and dearest rivals for DKR Engineering in the championship, but Tony Wells really struggling. Then into second place as a result, Alain Costa for N-Race. I think he may have fallen as, as low as seventh. Here comes Alex Capardia, though. He started 15th. Interesting to see how far up the order he's got uh, by the time we get to the first timing sector. So, two hours, of course, of racing. The uh, Tony Wells car there pulls out to the right to grab back one of those positions lost. But he has gone down to sixth position now. Meanwhile, Alex, Alex Capardia has, uh, has gone by four cars. 
before we get to the end of the Camel Straits. And confirmation that the car due to start from sixth position, the Ibram Pardo Javier entered car, not on the grid. And I'm not sure whether that will join at some point later on, but it not, it's not going to be on the lead lap, that's for sure. So leader is Jean Gloria after a very good start indeed leading Alain Costa in the 99N race car Adrian Schiller in number 65 for Graf is third Laura Milara in fourth meanwhile the GT3 battle is kicking off just as uh, I expected it to it's a bit of a close shave for Claudio Sadanovic trying to look up the inside of Limo where there was no room to do so I'm still keeping an eye by the way on Alex Gapard here he's already passed at least two further cars ahead so we're about to see the cars go through the next timing sector. Jean Glorio, it is. Leading from Costa, Chila, Milara, Sean Lynn, Tony Wells up to sixth. Uh, Jim McGuire, Capardi up to eighth position. Mm. Very, very good. So, uh, well, this is kind of expected. 15th to eighth for the space of two sectors. We've not even had a full lap yet, but Alex Capardi has proved himself to be a superstar at Paul Ricard scything his way through the order and expect very similar things here he's right behind uh, the car in seventh position which is Jim Maguire in the 22 United Autosports machine meanwhile the two GT3 leaders think about going two abreast into the bus stop chicane Lee Moll thinks better of that though but he's got the measure of Emanuele Busnelli at the end of the first lap Claw uh, climbing all over the back of Lee Moll is still Claudia Sedanovic in the 55 spirit of race car Great paint scheme on that machine, the green and red and black and white, echoing a little bit of Italy. As out of La Source corner, there's been another change, and Capardia up to seventh position now, ahead of Jim Maguire. Well, that is eight positions taken on the opening lap by the one pro driver in this part of the race. And there we are seeing, actually, the number 33 car is on pit lane. OK. It's an engine issue, I'm being told. Right, so the, uh, the plan was to get the car out onto the grid and a last-minute drama with the power plant is what we're being told has prevented that car taking the start. We may still see it, though. It'd be a shame to wave goodbye to a whole two-hour race, even though they may not be on the lead lap. It's still worth getting involved. Be able to pick up the odd few points here and there. The cool racing by GPC machine now has gained another spot on the Motorsport 98 car. That's Eric de Donker driving the 98 car. And Iraj Alexander able to get through, giving him ninth position. So the Motorsport 98 car, qualified by Eric de Donker in his home race, has lost places initially. It was qualified in eighth position, now running ninth. No, now running tenth, in fact with Eriz Alexander able to get through. No change for GT3, it's still Busnelli leading Lee Moll. And this man is in another world, it would seem, because Jean Gloria edging away. The gap is five and a half seconds. It might be even more by the end of Sector 2. Well, he's already pulled out, I think, at least a second and a half further. He's in six and a half seconds, 6.7 seconds indeed now, ahead of Costa. And meantime, in GT3 land... Uh, Bisnelli leads Limo, who's defending, defending, defending from Claudio Sadanovic. Cedric Mazar is trying to get onto terms. Andrew Baker, meanwhile, hanging on in there as well. So the, uh, the four GT3 cars not that far apart. No, uh, it's still early stages, but I think the, the four cars that we have got in this small but perfectly formed grid should be 
very close to one another in terms of performance. Looking forward to Ben Barker taking over the number 20 Golf Racing UK car. Andrew Baker is his uh, is uh, Ben's partner in crime and Ben is helping Andrew along change again as Alex Capardi under brakes goes up the inside of Lauren Malara that'll be fourth position then for the Brit the man from Aylesbury fifth I think I think fifth because he's gone by Tony Wells I thought uh, he was didn't he not do Malara into the source he did but that means he's in the first sector so we don't see the timing change until then yeah so it's fourth or fifth, uh, but he's, he's well in touch with the leading cars, with the exception of the charging Jean Glorio, four seconds quicker than the second-place car last time around. The gap is now up to 9.6 seconds. Tony Wells grabs back another of the places he lost at the start of the race. It is fifth place right. for uh, Capardia. It is sixth place now for Tony Wells. But it may well be fourth and a second. He had a sneaky look up the inside, did Alex Capardia on Sean Lynn in the 23 car. Can't make that work at Bruxelles corner. They're continuing the tumble down the hill into turn nine at Speaker's corner and on to Pooh on the double left. Great start, by the way, from Sean Lynn, who's form in the Ligier. Has been somewhat up and down, missed the last race uh, with business commitments, but uh, way up from his starting position, Sean Lynn. Alex Capardia, though, seems to have got the measure. Is going up the inside and will take yet another position. So Capardia in a hurry to get to the front of this field. And it will be interesting, won't it, to see what he can do about the pace of this, this Norma. Gloria, we know, is a very capable driver. Is this just in the sweet spot for the Norma? Maybe. Um, Jean Glorio, certainly a, a good bronze driver, but Capardia uh, graded as a silver. 37-year-old, sharing with Ross Warburton, and this is a real opportunity for the RLR Motorsport car to potentially lead the race, depending on when the cars pit ahead of him. But Jean Gloria really enjoying himself out front. It's now ten and a half seconds, the gap. Back to Alain Costa. It will have been extended again, I think, through the final sector on this third lap. It's more than the length of the start-finish straight, and we've only completed three laps. It is 11.3 seconds. Capardia, though, up into fourth. Fastest third sector of the race, which is uh, which is good news if we're looking for a scrap at the front. It means he's got pace over the norm at the moment, at least in one part of the circuit. Uh, Capardia now looking for a way past Adrian Chilla. The number 65 graph car. Down the hill goes the fight for fourth, fifth and sixth positions. Capardia, Sean Lynn, Tony Wells not very far away from one another. And Gorio continues to lead from Alan Costa and Adrian Schiller for N-Race and uh, Graf respectively, then the RLR Motorsport car up alongside the Graf car at the end of the Kemmel Strays, picked up another one up the inside of Adrian Schiller, then goes Capardia, and that is third position now. He's about uh, just under four seconds back from the second-placed N-Race car, but that's 16 and a half seconds off the leader. Extraordinary stuff at the start of this race from Jean Gloria. Yeah. Still really Limo looking for a way by the Bimotas man. And uh, I think fancying the, uh, the opportunity either to take this position himself in this first half of this race, certainly to leave Dominic Bauman an opportunity to go on to terms with Fabio Babini in the second half of this race. Flash of the lights for Mercedes. He thinks he's got the quicker car, wants to put the Italian under some pressure. Slightly ragged entry into that turn there from the Lamborghini. And uh, a couple of the LMP3 cars bottled up behind this battle. 
Nadia Sadanovic in the spirit of race car, the 55 car, and then the second of those cars, head of Cedric Mazard's very orange Lamborghini, is Joel Janko in the Duquesne Engineering uh, Ligier. William Watt, by the way, tucked in behind Cedric Mazar. The Hong Kong driver making his debut in something other than the Road to Le Mans race in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. It'd be good to see him, perhaps adding some more of these races in Europe to his Asian calendar. The team that he owns, Win Racing, entering at least one Ligier GSP3. Oh. Loads of tyre smoke at uh, oh. the bust-up chicane, and that was a moment that for... Was 65. That 65, was 65. 65, right, so Adrian Schiller in the graph car that was in fourth. Now, what happened here for Adrian Schiller? I think it's Finds just... Old. Big bump. Yes, there was a big bump. Big bump, I think, just before he got himself. I wonder whether or not it bumped his foot off the brake pedal. Yeah. Then he applied it. Just with, bell, with bells on, let's say, and uh, just a bit too late, slammed on the anchors. They've got the car stopped. You can run off a, a touch wide there into the bus stop chicane. There's plenty of runoff rather than a hard concrete wall. And was able to recover, but lost one position to Sean Lynn. So he has slipped to fifth place, and Iraj Alexander not very far away either. Claudio Sidanovic pulls out a line to think about a move on Lee Mole. Lee Mole trying to overtake Emmanuel Busnelli at La Source Corner. Can't make it work, but Lee Mole able to keep the pace here with Busnelli, something he wasn't able to do necessarily at Paul Ricard. Not very far away, Cedric Mesar for third position in GTs. That's the SBC Sport Management Lamborghini Huracan. So still this nice spread of cars, two Lambos and a Mercedes, just want the Porsche in the mix as well. That can't be far away with Andrew Baker driving the opening stint for Golf Racing UK. Dropping back a little, the Porsche, but uh, remember the uh, Lamborghini and the Mercedes-AMG squads will have access to some really pretty good setup here. Spa 24 hours, of course, held here at uh, this fabulous Spa-Francorchamps circuit as Alex Capardi, oh, he squeezed and touch, squeezed the outside there. I'm not sure Alan Costa actually saw him coming, to well, be honest, I, I, don't, I don't think it was deliberate, <laughs> but he, Alan Costa taking his natural racing line and hadn't seen that Wiley Alex Capardi had uh, managed to pick off a far better line out of Pouan and into Piff Paff, that could have really ended in disaster. Alex Capardia able to get out of the throttle. This time he's got a really good run heading towards Curve Paul Frere. And if Alex Capardia can get up the inside here, giving the inside line for Blanchemont, that should be second place and is brilliant. So from 15th place on the starting grid to second place within six laps then from Alex Capardia. That's another great run from the back. Yes, these are gentlemen drivers that the pro driver is actually getting onto terms with, but it's still great stuff there. And another pass for position, this time it is the four. Going by Alex Lins, or Iraj Alexander, and I think he started from the back, did he not? Uh, Iraj started from 12th position. Yep, so he's made up positions aplenty. The gap, by the way, now to Capardia, and now his new task is doing what he can to close down a 19.5-second advantage from Jean Glorio, and that is more than the length of the Camel Straight. Yeah. And then some. Bear in mind, of course, Iraj Alexander is the silver driver in the combination. Uh, the car that he shares with Alexandre Quigny. So the bronze driver still due in the four car. But it's the four and the uh, car now up to second position, the number 14, that have uh, both decided to put their slightly more experienced, slightly quicker drivers in for the opening stint. 
nearly had 15 minutes of this one and GT3 promising to be very very close indeed here Emanuele Busnelli needs to keep his head above water it's tight in the championship between these two cars EB Motors moved on to 76 and a half points in the qualifying earlier you get a point for Paul and that's exactly what EB, EB Motors did so they lead by 17 points now over Lee Moles Mercedes they're on 59 and a half Optimum Racing not here this weekend with their Audi is this Lee Moles chance they look to be level heading down the Kemmel heading up the Kemmel straight more accurately but the Lamborghini seems to have the legs as they go through the gears how late on the oh, brakes wow. can Lee Mole be round the outside superb stuff Lee Mole to the lead of GT3 Graham are we sure Phil Keane's not here absolutely <laughs> fantastic stuff well done there Lee Mole getting more and more confident aboard this Mercedes Benz as he gets more and more time Alex Caparia there pulling away from the new third place man and looking to do what he can about uh, reeling in the leader does, it, does so a little in fact actually more than a little eight tenths taken out of the lead on the middle sector there it's still 19 and a half seconds and there is Alexander with a really late move here on the end race car of Alain Costa that was heading into the right and the left after Pouin another good move there yeah well, there's no doubting about uh, Iraj Alexander's talents, whether it be in an LMP3 car or in a Mercedes-AMG, a car they race as part of the 24-hour series, he and Kwani. Uh, new fastest lap of the race, Graham. And the first under 2.18, and it's gone to the race leader. What can Alex Capaldi do about that? Well, he puts in the second lap under 2.18, but it's just a tenth off the best so far of the Norma. This is going to be good. This is Alex Caparia, fully lit, looking to do what he can do to close down the dominant leader so far. Nearly 20 seconds to the good, uh, but with a high-quality uh, driver in a well-prepared car behind him. It's Glorio versus Caparia, Norma versus Ligier. It is Dekar Engineering versus RLRM Sport. And Lee Mole to the lead of GT3 hoping to get at least seven points back on the Lamborghini which now falls to third position now the gesticulation on the grid is this related to seemingly a lack of pace for the EB Motors Lamborghini meanwhile more place changing this is uh, Irish Alexander about to pick off Adrian Schiller I think in the 65 car no, that's that's Laura Melara um, going past Schiller it's the other way it's yeah. the other blue car we've Thanks. confused those all year haven't we yeah. it is they are remarkably similar but uh, the 65 car beginning to drop down the order a little here. That's a uh, little bit of a stumble into the bus stop. It looked to me as if the car had hit the worst of the bumps, and I suspect the driver just lost purchase on the brake pedal at the, the critical point. So a place gain for Laura Milara. That gives him sixth position, and Adrian Schiller maybe just a bit off his rhythm now. Still got to put into the 65 car Emilien Kart as the second driver. But Jean Glorio is still finding time, although Alex Capardia sets the best middle sector of everybody too. So anything you can do, Jean, I can do not quite better, but equal it. As here comes Alec Capardia on his own as far as that shot's concerned, but a bit further around the corner, probably in the bus stop chicane now, is Jean Glorio and the DKR engineering car stays in front with Alex Turrell, the Spaniard, still to be put in it. So it's another fastest lap of the race this time around from Gloria, 217.348. What can Alex Capardia do to respond to that? The gap is 19.5 seconds, and the answer is he betters it for the first time. 217.0 from Alex Capardia, 19.3 seconds now the gap, 17 minutes in the books already. 
over the line. There goes the end race car of Alain Costa with behind him Tony Wells. Laura Malara not very far away either. Here is the GT3 leader, Lee Moll. Claudia Sedanovic he's brought with him virtually all the way through this race. It's like these two have been attached uh, via a tow rope. And the 55 car gaining the spot on Busnelli a little while ago. Mesar also getting by the Italian for EB Motors too. So Fabio Babini with a job on his hands here to try and get that team maximum championship points again. It's a slightly easier task now. Sedanovic goes up the inside into the bus stop. There's no room through there. That point, it's on the braking, is the possibility there. Easier task for him now with just one GT car ahead of him rather than the battling pair. Still hasn't made it by, though. Looked like he could have done that on the braking. So didn't fancy looking up the inside. Certainly into the bus stop. No way through either through La Source. The problem for Lee Moll is he doesn't want to allow that LMP3 car through because I don't think it's necessarily going to clear off into the distance and might be more of a hindrance than a help. He could yeah. utilise the toe of it down the Camel Strait. But that GT car, the way it's been driven by Lee Moll, looks a bit quicker at certain parts around the lap. Sedanovic will hand, hand over to Michele Rugolo in due course, and German to Italian driver will see the 55 car go a little quicker. Here is Alex Capadia heading through Campus Corner, Stavolo area, and now towards uh, Kurt Paul Frere, onto the left-hander at Blanchemont. And the gap's continuing to come down. It's 18.6 seconds last time out, so just taking three-tenths of a second out of Jean Gloria's time, who is well past now this area of the track, probably about to cross the line. In fact, he's over the line now for the eighth time. Alex Capardi into the braking area for the bus stop. Quick glance in the mirror. Nobody remotely close so he can concentrate on his own natural racing line is this Sedanovic's chance to get up the inside of Lee Moll, no it's not into Puon corner, the long lingering left-hander and then a bit further around that corner there's this short straight before time to break again and a, a technical right and left sequence of corners which Lee Moll is right on the marks for so, again, time taken out, by the way, from the leader by Capardia. A full second this time, it's, to, it's now down to 18.3. Still a mighty advantage from the Norma, but with about 40 minutes to go for the Ligier man chasing. Uh, let's wait and see how this one starts to pan out. It have been, I'm sure, the objective from Glorio. He knew the pro driver was aboard that car and way back. He'd seen what was possible in the earlier races with that same tactic being employed and it would have been pull out as big an advantage as you can Sedanovic then clear now of Lee Mole coming into the bus stop for what will be their ninth time this is where the, the move was, was made neat, tidy, is it? oh no, there was a touch, there was a touch it was the rear right of the Mercedes to the rear left of the Ligier. No harm apparently done. And let's hope that uh, there's no damage done to the cars later on in the race. Some of those things don't actually become obvious until a few laps into the future. Punctures, nasty bits of carbon fibre in the, uh, the wrong bits of the car. We'll find out. But the end race car of Alan Costa still hanging on to fourth position with Tony Wells shadowing his every move. The 79 Nielsen racing car, that car's won a race. The opening affair at Silverstone. 
to Monza, I should say, for the Michelin Le Mans Cup. And they're just heading now into the long right-hander curve, Paul Frere, to the battle for fourth position as Jean Gloria still finding time out front. His lead is 17.4 seconds. He's just done the fastest third sector of everybody. And Alex Capardia, somewhere in that final sector, just heading now towards Blanchimont Corner. Has taken another seven tenths of a second out of the lead. It's now 17.6 seconds. The pattern appears to be at the moment that uh, the Norma quicker in the first sector, but by decreasing margin, Capardia much quicker in the middle sector, more than a second on the last two or three laps now from each lap. And then there's very little in it indeed in the third sector. So this could get interesting towards the end of this stint. Not that it isn't interesting already. No, of course not. Because it is. Fascinating stuff, it really is. And plenty to unfold in the second half once the, for the main part, the quicker drivers get on board. That's not the case for the number 14 car and for the number 4 machine, but Capardia and Alexander, because they are graded as silver, have... Wasted no time at all to get up to second and to third positions very swiftly. It would be very interesting to hear, by the way, at the end of this first stint from Tony Wells as to what happened at the start there. How did he lose those positions? Because he did tumble down the order, second down to, was it seventh? Yes. Yes, and there seemed to be uh, maybe an issue with the car. And although it wasn't the ideal line into the source, and once he found himself on the high line coming out of that hairpin to kick the race off, very difficult to cut back in. Nobody was going to give him the real estate to do so. And it's a question of just hanging on as there's a spin there for the number nine car. That's Joel Janko for Duquesne Engineering. Kenton Cook to take charge of that car in the second stint. 68-year-old Joel Janko. Was it contact? Ooh, not quite sure. No, I think he was trying to find a way around the outside, or the inside, rather, of the Lamborghini, and it just wouldn't stick yeah. in any way. The move wouldn't stick, and neither, I'm afraid, would the Lugia. So that was uh, an attempted overtake on Cedric Mezar. Look back at the start of the race, and uh, certainly in the midfield, people fanning out very quickly indeed. Lee Mole trying to gain places up the inside. He picked off one, certainly there. Now, what happened to the Nielsen car? I don't think it was contact, uh, no, but it, there wasn't, there it wasn't. struggled to get through the gears coming it's out a, of La Source. I think it was the end race card, made the move, uh, took the line, that forced uh, Tony Wells wide over the rumple strips onto the rougher ground. I think he possibly, maybe, just missed a gear there and mm. lost a lot of ground on the exit of Turn 1, of course. Yeah, didn't accelerate anywhere close to the rate of the other Ligiers around it. This Norma M30, though, is going to have to deal with traffic fairly shortly. Way in the distance, Andrew Baker and the number 20 Porsche. Oh, and a lock-up for the race leader, going straight on oh, at the end big of the Kemmel Strait. Oh, dear, oh, dear. This is Jean Gloria taking the scenic route and almost thinking about going on the old circuit there. Well, I've never seen that line through Le Comte. He did that quite quickly as well. He did. He'd lost a further second, by the way, on the last lap around to Alex Capardia. What is that going to do to what is already a second sector that is very much to the Ligier's advantage. We'll see in a few seconds' time, but Capardio, I'm sure, will be getting the hurry up here. Car three, Jean Gloria, off track at turn five, not half, uh, locking up the front right and deciding not to go through Le Combe at all and in, instead taking the almost perimeter road round the outside. The message on the screen says car three continued 
question is, did he negotiate Lecom far quicker than he would have done had he stuck to the track? And is that therefore uh, an advantage gained, effectively, by not shortcutting the corner but going the higher line through it? This battle here for fourth position is getting hotter by the moment. The end race car in the hands of Costa is uh, basically just... He's got Tony Wells all over him. Welcome to see, by the way, what happens at the end of this sector four. It was a competitive sector time from Jean Glorio, which could be interesting. Yes, because when you go off the track, you really should lose time, not gain it. And 62 point three seconds lost. So the, okay. the gap now under 14 seconds. Uh, Tony Wells looks on the inside, and it's touch. Two oh, double touch. One. Yeah, so as the car then uh, that he made contact with, the end race car went backwards. It almost took Tony Wells with him. The green marker boards flashing immediately after that incident, but it was Tony Wells coming from a long, long way back into Fania corner, trying to get the move done, but it was a double touch. Let's get word from the pit lane in the meantime, though, from Fabio Babini and Charlie George down in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm down here at EB Motors with Fabio. Now, you guys are the championship leaders. Manueli's running in third place at the moment. Is he taking it easy? Is that the strategy? Yeah, it's not a good uh, start for Manuele because uh, I spoke to the radio, I have a little problem for the car, is uh, too much oversteering. I hope the problem is because the car is too much heavy and the ballast uh, is too much in the fast corner. But the important is uh, to stay in the race, uh, every lap uh, stay more constant and uh, finish this race for take more points for the championship. OK, thank you. Fingers crossed it's not a problem. OK, thank you very much. Grazie. Well, this is the you know the good news as far as having four cars in the class, I suppose, because still if you finish fourth, you'd uh, pick up a, a decent handful of points. Third place is where EB Motors stand at the moment with Manuele Pusnelli driving it. That would put them from 76.5 points to 91.5 points and should, well, will retain their championship lead. A pit stop for Alan Costa, an end race. That's the damaged Ligier, Graham. With apologies, and that's be, uh, because of that incident. I'm sure that incident under investigation from turn 13. Uh, Costa making contact or having contact from rather the Nielsen car, Tony Wells. What a shame that was looking like a cracking little battle. Uh, should say, by the way, though, that uh, the bit between the teeth at the moment is from Alex Capardia. That gap is 12 and a half seconds now. Took a chunk of time out of the leader after that off and run straight on. At, uh, at uh, Le Combe. 2.21.6 for the leader compared to a 2.17 dead for Alex Capardia, and he didn't need very much uh, further invitation. It's already down to 11 seconds with another big improvement um, between the two leaders. Now, today got released from the pits after the team take a look over it. So it's coming down now to manageable levels. We're just getting uh, close down to this, the end of the first half hour of this two hour race. And broadly speaking, at midway point, these cars will switch drivers. Capardia will switch to his gentleman driver partner here, Ross Warburton. And the leader, Jean Glorio, will switch to Alex Turil. Let's see again, it's a black and white flag for uh, car 99, gets the black and white flag. It's the end race car that is penalised here. It looks to me to be some damage there to the wheel cover on the front right of the end race car. So car 99 judged to be at fault for that uh, accident. So no penalty 
for Tony Wells. He's away and in fourth position now, albeit some 20 seconds back from Miraj Alexander, who is dropping back, by the way, from Alex Kapadia. A little bit wide there at Bruxelles, but that does seem to be the prescribed line. Saw so people like uh, Matt Griffin in the European Le Mans series use that line to Bruxelles, almost creating it as two separate corners and washing out wide in the middle of it. Down through the left-hander at Speaker's Corner, Pouin away in the distance, and the Lamborghini that sits third in GT3 with Emanuele Busnelli at the wheel, having to deal with that uh, excessive oversteer in the gold and black Lamborghini, about to be lapped by the race leader, Jean Gloria. Yeah, this will be an interesting moment or two to see what kind of uh, strategy that is actually taken here by Jean Gloria. Do you go kind of aggressive to get past as quickly as possible? Do you go down the road to being more conservative, knowing that in the second half of this race, that the second driver in the Norma is going to be quicker than the second driver in the Ligier? Let's wait and see what happens and immediately. We get the answer. Oh, and that's immediately the reason why you might want to ask the question. Side by side there with Ms. Busnelli. Manages it at the second time of asking, but it's clear that the Lamborghini driver just did not see him coming. You've got to be so careful that the car you're about to lap has actually seen you. Capardia knows about that. Now Jean-Gloria knows about that as well. Andrew Baker's driving the 20 Porsche. His teammate is Ben Barker now joining Charlie. Well, we're here, yes, with Ben Barker. It's great to see the Gulf Porsche out this weekend. Is this a bit of a warm-up for maybe some races next year? Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to wait and see. I couldn't really hear you just then, but I think that... Um, I think you're on about next year and maybe Andrew doing it. Yeah, I think we're just, we're just going to see how it goes. We did Le Mans, uh, support race at Le Mans. Andrew did a really good job. Uh, had a few incidences, but learned a lot. He's a, he's a, he's a rookie, really, you know, he's very inexperienced. Uh, here, he's never been to Spa before, and he's doing great. You know, he's he's keeping up with the times. He's about a second, two seconds off at the moment, but he's getting quicker and quicker each each lap. So I think it's all sort of relative on performance. If he has a good time and he's getting better, I think he will carry on and hopefully do something next year. As far as this weekend is concerned, like the weather's great, uh, unusual for Spa, so we're just enjoying it, and uh, hopefully I can make some positions up in Meisling. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. It's really good to have Ben as part of the championship. He has technically done a round of this, or two rounds of this already at Le Mans with the two-part affair that were races two and three of the year. But there is the Gulf Racing UK Porsche working its way along the Kemmel Strait. And should point out something which we hadn't pointed out before, Johnny, which is that whilst the cars are launched, as in garaged, in the lower pit lane, the pit stops are going to be done in the F1 pit lane. So yeah. they'll be using only the top pit lane for the race proper albeit the cars are being garaged in the, in the old pit lane there. Uh, as you saw, Ben Barker walking into the Proton Competition uh, pit. Team he does battle with in the WEC is the other golf racing Porsche, GTE car. But the uh, most interesting part of that one is the fact that we've got uh, Andrew Baker, who is, who is indeed a, uh, a, a uh, Spa rookie. Not an easy track mm. to come and do battle on. Big twitch there from the GT leader, Lee Mole. Concentration, absolutely all important. Consistency is the order of the day here as well as speed. Lee Mole with the advantage that uh, the British GT Championship, the championship he's been part of several seasons in the past, does come to Spa fairly regularly, so he will have experience of this place. And he's putting that to good use here, leading the class 11th overall for Lee and he'll be handing over the car to Dominic Bauman for his first adventure into the Michelin Le Mans Cup. 
well-known Austrian GT3 driver, regular with HTP Motorsport in things like the Blanc Pan Endurance Series. So calling on a, a decent co-driver when Phil Keane's not available. There is Alex Capardia, still running around in second position. The gap's massively closed, though. It has, you can see there, that's the progression. 12.1, 12.5, that would have been a first uh, hint of traffic. 10.1, 8.4. And that means that Alex Capaldi is doing a better job through traffic than his major rival. Uh, bottoming up there through a rouge, really hammering through, looking to get onto uh, terms with the next targets in terms of traffic, and he's doing so in splendid fashion. Pulls over to the inside, will make that move, and he is looking to get back on the terms here, or get on the terms of Jean Glorio as quickly as possible. He has around half an hour still to do that. Plenty of opportunity for Alex to close the gap, potentially lead the race, which Ross Warburton will be rubbing his hands together about. And if the car can be handed over to him in a great position, then we'll see what Ross can do. John Gloria needing to be careful not to run into the back of one of the Graf cars there, coming out of the left-hander at Turn 9. Losing a little time in doing so there. An hour and 26 minutes remain. That gap as they came through Sector 1, 8.8 seconds, but it tends to be Sector 2, where... Alex Capardia makes the biggest inroads, and we'll see that uh, in just a few seconds' time. Alex Alexander, meanwhile, about 20 seconds back from Alex Capardia in third. Tony Wells not making too much of an impact on Mirage Alexander. So, some good performances in the middle order. Sean Lynn having, I think, one of the best races of his year so far. Running at the moment in seventh position in the 23 United Autosports car. Jim McGuire in the top ten as well. So both United cars in the top ten. And the gap, well, it comes down to 8.4 seconds. 8.4, so it's stabilising a little bit now, maybe due to the traffic that Alex is encountering. But he was able to take one or two seconds a lap out of Jean. Jean Gloria, the leader. Successive laps on Gloria now just the other side of the chicane as Alex coming there's in. The so, there, yeah, there's an indication with the two cars in the same frame. It's basically the lead of the start finish straight. It is, and remember, it was more, much more than the length of the Kemmel straight not so very long ago. This has been a real charge here from Alex Capardia. Very capable gentleman driver, Jean Glorio, against capable professional driver, Alex Capardia. Up to the top of Radion and the two leaders together. GT leader on the left, uh, on the left-hand side, but the right of your screen. The overall leader and the LMP3 leader. You can now see Alex Capardia in his mirrors. Down to the end of the Kemmel Straight goes the number 14 machine, and behind is the Lee Mole. Mercedes that leads GT3, obviously a lap off the pace of the P3 leaders, but leading the class is Lee with a cushion of the 40 car between him now and Cedric Mezar. And as far as the championship is concerned, the SVC car not a, an immediate concern for Lee Mole. 59 and a half points the Mercedes had at the start of this event. The SVC car 13 and a half points back. Lee Mole likely to outscore SVC and likely to outscore EB Motors to bring the gap down in the championship to probably 10. Yeah, 10 points, I would make it, if uh, the position stayed this way. Penalty, and it's going to go the way of the number 99 car. Possibly got out of jail with a black and white flag for the incidents. The turn we're now seeing uh, 
Alex Capardia make his way through. He's been held up a little by one of the uh, two Graf racing cars, but it's going to be a drive-through penalty for speeding in the pit lane, and that will have been that stop after the incident. So the 99 car, Alan Costa, not really happy at all to see and hear that. Capard here closing now on Lee Mole. Really good run here from Lee Mole. I think his best of the season so far. Mm. Yep, getting more and more used to the new machinery that he ran. Well, that car has actually run in the British GT Championship at the start of the year. Phil Keane has helped him along in terms of setup. And Dominic Bauman, I'm sure, a great signing as well to offer his advice on getting the car in the sweet spot. And remember, it ooh, nearly contact there between the 55, uh, the 99N race car, I should say, and the back of the number eight machine, which is the SVC car, second place in class. That's not a, that wouldn't have been an overtake for position. It's the 99N race car that's uh, been given the penalty, remember. I suspect, by the way, that is the reason why you saw that happen. I think he's just been told. I suspect he's a little uptight at the yes, moment. Yes, yes. I it would have been a move for, for position. It Alan would. Costa in the 99 car. And the news maybe not sitting too well with Alan Costa. Mind elsewhere, heading into the bus stop and very nearly making contact with the back of Cedric Messar, which would have made Lee Moll's job even sweeter I suppose even more easy and this run to the finish the Lamborghini that uh, it's fighting in the championship not set up brilliantly well I get the feeling Fabio Babini will be able to drive around that problem slightly more readily than Emanuele Busnelli who is about to be lapped by the cool racing car of Iraj Alexander so five cars all concertinering up there at the end of the Kimmel straight Mirage Alexander looking for a way by the Lamborghini from EB Motors. Should be able to pick it off this time out of Lecom and into Bruxelles as the 99 car thinks about overtaking Cedric Messar. Very nearly contact there as well. Messar not really giving him racing room, although it was for position, in fairness. Was indeed. And again, and another, uh, the, uh, the LMP3 cars going by the Lamborghini. That's given the EB Motors car an opportunity. It's going to take the place. Or is it? Well, side by side. It, does, it has indeed. I think that, uh, that train of LMP3 cars just put Mezard off his rhythm and he just did not see, I don't think, Busnelli coming. He's fighting back now. An hour and 21 minutes remain. But, uh, traffic there of both the lapping and overtaking variety playing a part in the GT race. Yeah, and uh, the EB Motors car and its stealth-like livery, gold and dark blue. I mean, it's not like you're driving the 8 car, for example, which is slightly more easy to spot. But for Cedric Mezar inside the 8, he didn't notice. I don't think that the 46 car was part of that little collection of P3s. Happy to allow them all through at Turn 9 and then got caught by Emanuele Busnelli, who was there, ready to pounce and read the situation perfectly. It's probably a bit more coaching from Fabio Babini either prior to the race or live on the radio. So down towards the bus stop come the second and the third place cars in GT3, both Huracan GT3 machines powered by the 5.2-litre V10. They stay out, but one car coming down pit road. That was the 99, I think, for the drive-through penalty. So that's an expected pit stop, and it will can't be a stop with the team has to be a drive all the way through but it's not the both sides of the pit lane is it as you no, say it will re-emerge just the other side of the source no, you do the long pit lane here you know all about it because it's a very long way all the way down yeah and you can rejoin Radion effectively you can see there the pit exit on the right hand side 
So bypassing Rouge entirely. And then rejoin here, just after Rally on corner. Down the long, long straight go the two Lamborghinis fighting uh, amongst or fighting for second and third positions. And into Lecom they go now. So Busnelli versus Cedric Mezar. Alain Costa has rejoined after his drive through and obviously loses the places to the two Lamborghinis. He's rejoined in 16th spot. Lost five places, uh, yeah. four places rather, as he'd uh, gone by William Locke and Joel Janko. Now has to do that all over again. The lead gap, by the way, as we watch this thrilling stuff with the two Lamborghinis, 8.3 seconds now. It's been ebbing and flowing with traffic between Jean Glorio and Alex Capaglia. Tony Wells, meanwhile, is fending off a spirited uh, attack from the number 53 car. That is the M Racing by Weimar Ligier. seconds just heading out of Fania corner and uh, on towards the right hander then at Stavlo and then the long run back to the start finish line and it is Lamborghini from Lamborghini that gap just growing very slightly now does that mean that Cedric Mezar's pushed a bit too hard on this set of Michelin tyres maybe they have been scrubbed a bit too readily and the other Lamborghini, number 46, got a bit more to rely on. In the second part of the race, things seem to be coming towards the EB Motors car. Leader, though, is Lee Mole in GT3, heading through the right-hander at the source with one of the Graf cars immediately in front. That's William Locke in the 40 car. That's Jim McGuire just behind. An hour and 17 minutes to go with Jean Gloria Stabilising that gap now between he and Alex Capardia. 9.3 seconds is the difference between the Belgian and the Brit. Not a Belgian team, remember, DKR Engineering. They're from Luxembourg, so we may have another opportunity of hearing the Luxembourg national anthem as the two cars battling over 11th position. Think about going side by side. Lee Mole thinks better of that, though, despite having a really good run on William Locke. Uh, along the Kemble Strait and into the braking area, an area of this spa track I sense he likes a lot after that move for the lead of the race, or for the lead of the class, rather, around the outside of Emmanuel Busnelli a few laps ago. Here is Jean Gloria leading the LMP3 element of the race there from Alex Capardia, 9.3 seconds back. And this is the leader now uh, looking to put a lap on the ninth-place car, Claudio Sadanovic. He does that with very limited drama indeed. So he's lapped everybody now up to eighth position. Next target for him is going to be Eric Dodonka. It's a little way further up the road. We've not seen very much of the Motorsport 98 car, which will have Andy Merrick aboard within the next 20 minutes or so. So having seen Alex Capardia drop closer and closer into the clutches, the other way around, Gloria dropped closer and closer into the clutches of Alex Capardia. That gap stabilised. It's coming down now, though, as the traffic gets a little less dense. 8.2 seconds as Capardia crosses the line to complete his 19th lap. He's too well ahead of the chasing pack. Remember again, we've got an hour, just under an hour and 16 minutes to go. Alex Capardia, the only one of the pro drivers 
to start this race. Started from back in 15th position, has got this car up to second, is making progress in what was a near 20-second gap. It's more than half that. But uh, in less than 20 minutes' time, he will be handing his car over to the gentleman driver for the RLRM Sports crew, Ross Warburton, the famous baking family in the UK. And Jean Glorio will be handing over the Norma Dicao car to the undoubted talents of the 21 years old, is he, Alex Terrell? Uh, I'll have to check my stats now that you've said that. He's, uh, he is bang on 21, yeah. And what, today? Uh, no. So not bang on then? <laughs> no, you're right. And a few days. <laughs> I will have his birthday somewhere in my spreadsheet. I'll, I'll uh, fiddle around for that in a second. But as you say, from Spain, silver graded driver and sharing with bronze Jean Gloria. They have to have aspirations, you would think, of moving up to the European Le Mans series in due course. But there needs to be a vacancy because 17 LMP3 cars crammed into the ELMS grid this weekend. And a series that is looking extremely healthy. Uh, the European Le Mans series calendar as well uh, announced today uh, with very limited change and why break a winning formula? Let's see both the Michelin Le Mans Cup and the European Le Mans series testing and racing at Paul Ricard to start the season in April. It's going to be one heck of a week at Le Castellet. And after that, on to Monza. Both series again. The road to Le Mans will be the Michelin Le Mans Cup only, of course, although I'm sure we're going to see most of the European Le Mans series grid also racing in the main race, the Le Mans 24 hours. Red Bull Ring in July sees both, uh, both series. The European Le Mans series shares with the WEC in Silverstone with the reinstated race. And... Uh, New date for the races, and it's Capaglia back end of the DJ steps out as he gets the power in. So August for Silverstone, but no Michelin Le Mans Cup there. Spa Francorchamps this date, or this weekend, um, for both series in September, and the season for both series completed as it will be this year in Portimao in late October. One hour, 13 minutes to go. The gap is 7.6 seconds. It is coming down again. So, another charge from Alex Capardia. I don't think it's intending necessarily to push on and then ease back a little bit and push on again, but it's just down to the sort of traffic that he finds on each of the laps. So, down towards Bruxelles corner goes Capardia, hugging that inside kerb. A bit of a wiggle there coming out of Bruxelles as well onto the left-hander. So, an indication of how hard he's pushing on the ragged edge coming out of the long right-hander. You're losing quite a bit of height there as well from the highest point of the circuit at Le Com and the plunge downhill on towards Pouin and the right and left sequence of corners at Fania and then on towards Stavlo, the right-hander. And uh, are getting back into terms here as the laps wind out and we get closer to the swap-over point for drivers here. Getting back onto terms with the number 46 car of Emmanuel Busnelli. Meanwhile, though, in a very comfortable position in class, 15 seconds to the good at this inter-Lamborghini battle. Two Hurricanes. So, will there be 
a battle to the end of this part of these driver stints. It's looking like another big wiggle there this time from Busnelli. Tyres will be have been worked very hard for the last 50 minutes or so. Another 10 minutes or so to suffer the abuse handed out to them by these races and on this fabulous circuit. So as we stand, DKR Engineering on course for victory with Alex Capardi trying to close that gap, but we reckon Ross Warburton won't carry the same sort of speed as Capardi, so expect the 14 car to drop away very slightly. The three machine, though, should be able to stay certainly within the top two, which is crucial as far as the DKR Engineering Championship bid is concerned. Side by side now through the right-hander at Stavolo and onto curve Paul Frere, and that was the YMR car just gaining a place or picking off the eight car for some Lapri there so the Laura Malara driven number 53 car running round in fifth position team's beginning to get ready for the pit stop cycle to begin Lee Mole at the end of the main straight turning right there there's a real divot right in the middle of the source there and the car bumps its way through important to get traction Good traction out of the source determines your optimum speed effectively at Radion. Almost if you extrapolate it out to the end of the Camel Straight, too. Good speed through that daunting sequence of corners at the source and Radion, and then the kink, which is on some track maps labelled as a corner. On our track map, it's turn five, and then six, seven, and eight at Le Com. So, Lee Mole looking in the mirrors probably briefly down the Kemmel Strait and delighted to see that he can't identify any GT3 car behind this is the first of them, the EB Motors Lamborghini, only now heading towards the braking area at uh, the top of the Kemmel Strait, he's got LMP3 cars for company but the distance back to the number 8 SVC Lambo is growing absolutely, the 199 car there after Alan Costa's misadventures, making its way back through some of the Back markers and through the second place battle in, in GT3, rather. The gap as the two leaders cross the line, though, is going to be 5.6 seconds. It's gone right down. A bit of a lock up again there for Jean Glorio. Over the curbs at the exit of La Source. Capardia is definitely catching him here. It has been consistent through the stint here that uh, the middle sector is where the biggest chunk is taken out. That compromise again between straight on speed and downforce assisted grip. And uh, how close. There he is. This is the lead battle now. 68 and a half minutes remain. This two hour race. And at Stavolo Corner with the education establishment on the inside. That's why it's sometimes called Campus Corner as well. Uh, then into curve Paul Frere with the cart track to driver's right. There's more side-by-side -side action here with the number four car. Just around the outside of the Duquesne engineering machine. That's the number four of Iraj Alexander then picking off Joel Janko, who in due course will hand over to Kenton Cook for the second stint. Lamborghini of Emanuele Busnelli. Busnelli should be able to pick off Janko into the braking area for the bus stop chicane and does so now, slightly offline as he does so. And that will lose him a bit more time to Mezar, so building the gap up slowly, 
but will that come down again towards the end of this stint with Lamborghini's second and third in GT3? The class is led, though, by Lee Moles, Mercedes AMG. One area that drivers have been pinged for track limits is coming out of La Source, and Joel Janko there pushing the regs a bit too much with all four wheels dropping over the white line. Needs to be careful not to be a repeat offender doing that sort of thing. Very good line, though, through Eau Rouge and popping up over the top at Randy on now. Kenton Cook, I think, ticking off a lot of these European tracks for the first time. He will have watched Spa on TV in the past, but uh, loving the fact that he's now here and sharing that drive with Joel Janko. So Kenton will get his opportunity in that car in a moment or two's time. Something we've mentioned before, isn't it, uh, during this Mission of the Mon Cup season, as the leaders cross the line again. It's the fastest lap of the race, this time from Alex Capardia into the 116s, 116.888, and he brings the gap down to just three and a half seconds. Uh, but one of the things we've been saying throughout this, we've seen some very new faces, some of whom are not, God bless them, like I, in the first flush of youth. But to see the pleasure these guys are taking from being able to come here, lap this track in a proper international race car, in a proper international race, and, and race against some of these established names, it's a great thing to see. And the Spa-Francorchamps circuit is absolutely on just about anybody who cares about racing's bucket list. And so it should be. Alex Capardia now turning right at the end of the Camel Straight. Bit more traffic to deal with in a moment or two's time. One of those cars was the end race machine, the 99. Alex Turil ready to get aboard. So the tall Spaniard about to be put into that car with, where are we, um, an hour and five minutes to go. So will that car come in this time, perhaps? It's a, it's a ten minutes pit window, isn't it, from yep. 65 minutes to go to 55 minutes to go. And I think you're going to see a fair number of the cars here taking the opportunity very early indeed. They'll be looking to see how busy the pit lane might be by the time the car comes round. They've got a little bit of wiggle room. So John Gloria is being absolutely reeled in here by Escapadio as he comes to the end of what's been an excellent stint, let's not forget. This is not the professional drive of the pair. Great stint from Jean Gloria. Taking Alex Capardia out of the equation, his nearest non-professional rival is 42 seconds back. Yeah. And that's the yardstick we should be measuring uh, Jean's pace to. Now, is in two minds here. He was presented for a moment with the, the back of the Porsche and the back of the N-Race car. Was that the Motorsport 98 machine? Motorsport 98. Okay, 98. Yes, it is. And over to Donker has not seen him here. No, he has. Oh, no, he has. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very, very that was... I think Capardia realised, if I'm oh. going to go and make the move, I need to make it and be, you know, run with conviction. So, late on the brakes, very tail-happy, partway through the chicane, and Eric de Donka, I don't think quite spooked from that manoeuvre, but decided to uh, come into the pits and change over to Andy Merrick. Cost the Capardi a couple of seconds, that yeah. uh, sequence of moves. But uh, 4.1 seconds is the gap, 64 minutes remaining, and perhaps tellingly, the Norma did not take the opportunity to pit when it could have done there. So, de Donka and Andrew Baker, the first two to stop. There is the golf car. And the tall figure of Ben Bingo Barker will be aboard that car. He may not like it, but that's his nickname from now on. <laughs> so says Graham Goodwin, at least. <laughs> yes, so Ben Barker about to house. clamber on board. 
That's just you then, I think. Probably. No, no, it's not. Believe me. OK, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Claudio Zidanovic car, number 55, has come in. So Michele Rugolo to take that over at Spirit of Race. And the German, well, for the bulk of that stint, caught up behind quite a bit of GT traffic. Got wriggled free of it eventually. Two more cars in, nope, including a, well, one more car in, and almost took the other one with him. <laughs> looked like William Lock was going to make the move, but he didn't. That was, I think, the 22 car, Jim Maguire. I'll see in just a moment. I think 22 made the run for the pits. He did indeed. So, beginning to get busy on pit lane, and that will be a factor when the teams decide when to bring in some of the other cars. Looking for a clean run in and a clean run out. And there is wiggle room in terms of the time. We've got 63 minutes left. But uh, tellingly, something under eight minutes left for the cars to make a pit stop. And, of course, you've got to judge that within a two-minute, 20-ish, 30-ish lap time. The mole makes the move. Dominic Bauman will be aboard presently. So, making sure that the cables are all out of their way. Narrow uh, pocket of space here to clamber on board. There is Ben Barker, six foot four Ben Barker, about to go back out onto the track, or the car is at least, with Ben at the wheel for the first time. Also out on track, Andy Merrick in the Motorsport 98 car. He rejoins in 10th position. Jean Glorio is on pit lane from the lead, and mm. Alex Capardio will lead the race, does so now. Yes, because Alex hasn't pitted. He crosses the line for the 25th time, and there's still opportunity, clearly, for that number 14 car to come in on the next lap, and maybe if they want to push the envelope as far as they can, possibly the lap after that as well. There's a 10-minute pit window. Remember, you don't have to have your pit stop completed by the end of that 10-minute pit window. You just have to be in the pit lane. Here comes Alex Capardia then, out front, after his charge up the order from 14th position... 15th position in car 14 turning right and left and right again at Lecom corner and the nearest car to him is Iraj Alexander that car hasn't pitted either there'll be one more lap for Iraj before he hands over to Alexander Kwani the bronze co-driver of Iraj Alexander so the uh, number three car should emerge somewhere like 6th or 7th position depending on who actually chooses to stop meantime by the way number 22 car, we saw that slight fumble coming in, we're going to see it again now car over to the left and watch the white line, he crosses the white line can't do that, it's been reported I'm afraid to the stewards for doing that and it's going to have an impact I'm sure My fear I said about uh, one car almost taking the other one into the pit lane strangely the second car in that sequence looked the more set up to come into the pits so far over to the left-hand side of the track was the one that eventually came in and as you say we're over that it's not a blend line on the way in now uh, the this is, is a the, problem uh, Sport 98 car there was no it's uh, the car in front this is the lead that what had been the lead car oh, the, but the, You're the right. car ahead yes uh, came in and it's basically taken the space they were about to occupy to lose that's delayed that car could that be significant? We'll wait and see. So it had to be wheeled back a couple of feet just to give it the turning circle to get around the end race car. The end race car. Yeah, which had overshot as well. And time, it's a two-minute pit stop window here. Mm -hmm. It had only overshot because it couldn't get into the pit lane because of the number three car. 
in its way, effectively. 2.17 for the number three car. And remember, it's a pit, it's a, uh, pit stop minimum time of two minutes, so it's lost the best part of 17 seconds there. Well, Alex Capaldi, meanwhile, goes around for another go. He's enjoying himself so much. He's on the rear now of Ben Barker, coming up through a rouge, through Radion now. What I would describe as being proper quick. Yeah. Glorious things to hear, by the way, both at the Porsche and these Nismo V8-engined LMP3s, all the same drivetrain, whether or not you're, you're uh, pedalling a Ligier or a Norma, or for that matter, a Ledes, or for that matter, a Genetta, as you'll see around the world in various places. All those powertrains built by Orica. Checking on the N-Race car, the front left, maybe there's a bit of concern about whether the wheel is rotating freely enough. Is there a little bit of play? There's been a lot of play in that. Both longitudinal as well as lateral. You'd expect uh, the wheel to move in the direction of steering, but not necessarily be dangling like that. Are the team happy with it? Not sure. Yeah, not a lot. Still on the jacks at the moment. The guy was motioning towards the airline to pull it free. And I have to say, full marks to Motorsport 98, because they did their pit stop bang on two minutes. Did. Everybody else lost at least a second. I say lost, I mean, you don't really want to run it too close. It's very easy to come through with a 159 rather than the prescribed two minutes. It's a question of timing, how long it takes the car from pit in to pit out. There are timing loops close to the start of the pit lane, close to the end as well. And you have to do your pit stop and that drive down pit road all within the two-minute two time limit. I strongly suspect the number 99's pit stop will be somewhat considerably more than two minutes here. Yes, um, now the, now the uh, airline's got caught partially underneath the car as well. It's going to be sent on its way. But if that... It, oh, dear. And uh, the man that we're not seeing throwing the lollipop into the garage. Very, very frustrated. The, what we are seeing, though, is Alex Capardia at the end of a superb stint, still within the 10-minute window between 55 and 65 minutes. So this is a perfectly legal stop for Alex Capardia to hand over to Ross Warburton. Bruce Alexander follows him down pit lane. He's actually ahead of him on pit lane. He's always a lap down here. There comes the 14 car. Goes to a stop. Ross ready to get aboard. Alex gets out. The familiar yellow and green banded helmet. So, Alexandra Kwani taking over the Iraj Alexander car. So that will rejoin in something like third position. You mentioned it's almost a lap down. That's because, of course, uh, effectively the one car had done its stop and the RLR Motorsport hadn't. So... It's now going to lose quite a bit more time as up the inside of uh, the Richard Mines car from United Order Sports goes Alex Turrell. Well, interesting, we said it lost 17 seconds uh, in that pit stop over the minimum pit stop time. The gap as Alex Capania crossed the line to complete his lap in lap in pit lane was 2 minutes and 16. So they're going to be very close together when Ross Warburton comes out. That being said... There's no doubt in my mind that Alex Turrell should be able to substantially better the pace uh, from uh, uh, over Ross Warburton. Meantime, team manager at United Autosports has been called to see the race director. That will be the result of the investigation over crossing the white line on pit in. Yeah. 
and uh, obviously dangerous manoeuvre to make that in case you take somebody else into the pit lane with you, make contact on the way through, and it's exactly the same rule for cars leaving the pit lane as well. Don't cross the blend line before it runs out. Down towards Blanchemont goes this fight then for the number three car. And in tow is the third-placed GT3 machine, but car 14 is now on the move. This is going to be a close-run thing here between Ross Warburton and Alex Terrell. Yes, Alex is... Him out. I think he's going to beat him out here. Alex is going to be quicker generally across the stint than Ross, but wouldn't it be great for Ross Warburton to lead the race, which he technically does now. Out of the right-hander at the source goes the number 14 car for RLL Sport. And that is not the car in second position. It's actually Alex Terrell in the Norma. So we're looking at the Motorsport 98 machine, which is actually in seventh position. And that car should be able to pick off Ross Warburton now. But further back, the two are going to be level, actually, down the Kemmel Strait. Let's get an update, though, from DKR Engineering. Jean Gloria has stepped out and is now with Charlie George. Yeah, I'm down here with John. You must be happy with that stint, all apart from that little straight-on bit. That was a bit of a hairy moment, but otherwise you've got the job done. There you believe that you can clinch the championship here? Yeah, yes, indeed. So far, so good. Everything went quite well. The start was good. Uh, as you say, a small mistake in, uh, in the braking zone at the end of the straight. Um, but, yeah, let's hope, cross fingers, that that we will finish uh, in this position and uh, we had a small issue now with uh, during the pit stop there was uh, one wheel it was difficult to, uh, to take off but um, for, uh, yeah now everything is good so we're really happy so does this bit do you get to relax now or are you still feeling a bit nervous while Alex is in the car I'm a little bit more relaxed than I was in the car uh, 10 minutes ago but stress is still on until uh, we see the checkered flag Thank you, good luck. So, uh, Alex Terrell, his target is to win this race because with a win, and this is the change potentially for the race lead, Ross Warburton doesn't defend it too stoutly into Stavolo corner, and Alex Terrell has wasted no time at all there in taking the race lead. They are on course for the championship here because they could, from this race, reach 113 points. Uh, if uh, the Nielsen car finished even in second place, they would only be on 80, and that would be more than the 26 on offer at Portimao. So, so far, so good for Alex Terrell, the 21-year-old Spaniard. Let's see whether he can keep there for the next 53 minutes. There will be two very different games at play here. For Alex Terrell, it will be win this race, win the championship, bring this car home safely. For Ross Warburton behind, it will be defend that advantage you've got over the third-place car, that is Alexander Juani in the number four car. And the gap at the moment, the one to watch, is something like 43 seconds. Though the difference, of course, is between a professional driver in the chasing car and Ross Warburton, very much not the professional driver, certainly the uh, non-professionally ranked driver in the second-place car, defending the advantage he's been handed by Alex Capadia. Stevie S exiting La Source corner, the plunge down to Eau Rouge and the climb back over Radion and right behind him he has a charging Ben Barker. This is for third position in GT3, a class led by Dominic Bauman who's taken over the Mercedes now from Lee Mole. Fabio Babini installed 
in the 46 car and that gap's definitely closing now with Ben Barker charging up the Kemmel straight he's got Stevie S in his sights that's uh, four seconds in fact four and a half seconds taken out of Stevie S on the last lap it's not going to be long before the Porsche man visibly quicker through the turn there it's going to be he's right with the Lamborghini looking for a podium here for the Gulf Racing car that would be a nice way to start your Spa career wouldn't it for Andrew Baker Absolutely right. Stevie S charging as hard as he can in the Lamborghini, but Ben Barker right on the, the tailpipes of the Lamborghini. Is there an opportunity into Pouin here? Yep, late on the brakes into the double left-hander and picks off Stevie S very neatly indeed. So up the road goes the Brit, having overtaken Frenchman Stevie S. He's about to overtake, I think, as well, Ross Warburton, who's the second-place man overall. Yeah. So professional driver in GT car. Against gentleman driver in LMP3 car. Just see how well matched these cars are. So the overall classification after an hour and a bit. DKR Engineering leading by 3.7 seconds. That's uh, Alex Terrell from Ross Warburton. Alexandre Trani in the third place car number four, which is the Cool Racing by GPC entry. Colin Noble taking over Nielsen Racing's uh, Ligier. That car fourth ahead of Nata Biel and Emilian Kart. Then we have uh, Andy Merrick, Michele Rugolo, Richard Mines and Matt Bell in the 22 car with Dominic Bauman leading GT3. This is the race start a little over an hour ago with cars fanning out to as much as five abreast and Lee Moll with a couple of wheels on the grass. Have a look at what happened to the Nielsen racing car though on the outside of La Source here. Got elbowed out onto the green concrete and there's nowhere near as much grip out there as there is on the racing line and therefore losing... Uh, hatful of places sadly Tony Wells for Nielsen Racing falling back to about halfway down the order meanwhile Alex Capardia the extreme opposite charging up through the field a pass there on Sean Lynn in the 23 United Autosports car very nearly contact at the end of the Kemmel straight with Adrian Schiller in the, in the Graf car number 65 that car's now been taken over by Emilian Card by the way big lock up for Schiller then later on in the stint and missed the first bit of the chicane at the end of the lap. This was the moment where Alex Capardia was able to pick off the N race car, a car started by Alain Costa and now handed to Jordan Peroy. And there was dicing happening in GT3 with Emanuele Busnelli. Well, this was a fabulous move from Lee Moll, round the outside in the red Mercedes to take the GT3 lead at the time, and that's the lead that the number seven car's held on to since. Contact, sadly, between Alain Costa and Tony Wells. Costa's car going back across the track and almost collecting Tony Wells for a second time. It was a double bit of contact there. And another place change with the N-Race car able to pick off Cedric Mezar in the Lamborghini. But right behind Emanuele Busnelli in the same class as Mezar. The two Lamborghinis ran side by side out of Speaker's Corner and down to Pouar. And I think that was just a lapsing concentration from Cedric Mezar, wanting to allow the P3 cars through, but not wanting to lose a place in the classification. And this is the point where the race leaders lost about 17 seconds in the pit stop because the N-Race car pitted immediately in front of the number three DKR engineering entry and they had to reverse the car to give it enough of a turning circle to get around and back into the pit lane. Anyway, the number three car has now caught and passed the ex-leader, Ross Warburton, 
and Alex Terrell can now set his sights on trying to extend this gap. It's up to 25 seconds. More highlights from LMP3 continuing on. We're back to live action, though, now. And this is the cool racing car under pressure, possibly from Nat Biel in the... That's Matt Bell. Uh, no, Nat Biel in the 53 car. And that's Matt Bell in the 22. It is. Who's going very rapidly indeed. Knows that there's an investigation underway into that... Uh, uh, entry into pit lane uh, across the white line. We've got further investigations, by the way, for three cars about pit stop procedure. And interestingly, two of them are in contention for the podium spots in GT. It's the lead car, the number seven car. It's the 20 car, uh, Ben Barker aboard the Golf Racing UK car. And it's the, I'm afraid, uh, the ill-fated at this stage, 99 car again, that's in maybe a little bit of trouble. So that, that we've just seen, not a change in position. It's Matt Bell trying to gather some of the places back again. So Matt Bell now back on the lead lap as far as the number four car is concerned. What about the battle for third there between Colin Noble and Alexander Kwani? We'd expect that to open up slightly, and it's up to nearly 10 seconds now with Noble chasing down Ross Warburton. 33 seconds is the gap. Remember, it was 46, but to a different car. Uh, when we went uh, back racing after the pit stops. So Colin Noble now looking to make inroads into Ross Warburton's advantage and is doing so sector by sector. I uh, should say, by the way, Matt Bell amongst the quickest men on the circuit at the moment. Uh, but I think he knows he's got potentially uh, a penalty to come. We'll wait and see what emerges from that. He's into the top ten at the moment. Natan Biel, I mentioned about in fifth position, is he his he able to lap a little quicker than Alexander Kwani? He certainly is. Biel is the silver driver in that combination at M Racing YMR. He took nearly 10 seconds out of the fourth place car last time around, it did Biel. 2.19.9 against 2.28.828. Uh, and uh, the gap is coming down. New fastest lap of the race, meanwhile, goes to the race leader. 2.16.807. 39 seconds the good now ahead of Ross Warburton 66 seconds the good ahead of the next leading uh, professional driver that is Colin Noble and back to here in fact from Colin Noble's teammate very shortly Noble catching up with Ross Warburton in the number 14 machine sadly for Nielsen Racing there they'll be hoping for a little bit of drama as far as the DKR engineering cars concerned if the positions stay like this, it will be DKR taking the championship along with Alex Terrell. Car coming here as second place in the championship. An opportunity here to take maximum points for Don Bauman and for Lee Moll. Gather some of those points back from the 46 EP Motors entry. Just depends whether Fabio Babini can drive around the problem, but clearly the 47 is carrying excessive oversteer, according to Babini. And there he is heading now into Puan corner, with 45 minutes still on the clock. Alexandra Toril leading the way then from Warburton, but Colin Noble in third. Let's hear from his teammate Tony Wells now, who joins Charlie. Yeah, I'm down here at Nielsen Racing. Tony, it was an eventful uh, stint for you. What <laughs> happened at the start? Because you lost quite a few places there. 
Yeah, I, um, I, I just ran slightly wide. I tried to give uh, Jean some uh, some space, and um, uh, Alan dived down the inside of me, and I just got on the astroturf, and I had I had like no traction, and I just went backwards. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was hard work coming back through the field. So uh, you know, I think it, it, it obviously uh, made any chance of uh, getting keeping close to the to the Norma. Obviously, I had a small issue with Alan when I overtook him, but you know, I was all over the place. It was, uh, it was very, uh, uh, I'm sure you can see on the team. So, he's slowly repairing the damage from the start, and hopefully, uh, It's just keep out of trouble until the I was hoping for a keep out of trouble. vision. But uh, anyway, we're in the Reaching the end of the Scale of the task for American one possibly thinks that uh, many American commentators think one the uh, there goes the that's the place. Has got the message. Just keep it to your Let him worry about consistently. Position. Four. Back. 
Jackson. Again, the plan he is not as quick as it was. And now Bolt just trying to get the lap very unusual way to start get on the brake circuit came start line always And real change for GTRs, types, everything basically. It's magnificent. It's a fabulous place to come racing. So, so where are we looking now for the the action? Well, GT is looking very interesting. Ben Barker is reeling in uh, Fabio Babini, but remember both the lead car and the third place car, Ben Barker and the lead car in the hands of Dominic Bauman. So a bit of a shadow hanging over them with investigations around pit procedure. Got a Noble lapping at around the same pace as Alex Terrell is. 64, 65 seconds is the gap. And I think unlikely that's going to be done on pace, but uh, how many times have we seen dramas before a car in a significant finishing position to sky blue cars, by the way, the cool racing car to the four. The <laughs> And racing Weimar car behind. See now why we, we struggle at times to, oh. to tell the difference. Well, the number four car, Kwani, off the road there. The white-nosed M Racing Weimar car, now driven by Natan Biel, picks off the place, mainly because Alexandre uh, ran off the road, sadly. But thankfully, there was nothing hard to hit at Puon Corner. So Kicked up quite a bit of dust and uh, tyre pickup, so it'll take a while, a few corners to clean his tyres again for Alexandre Kwani. But... Uh, no harm, no foul, down at Stavlo Corner now. And that is now the car, number 53, that will be the next one to worry Ross Warburton. The gap between the two is going to be something like 22 seconds. And with BL sub-220, Ross Warburton, high-20s, low-30s, and scrambling for consistency here. This is a very technical track. Drivers yep. love to race here. It can bite. And lots of things have to go right on a single lap to get uh, a near-perfect one, I suppose. Very tricky to get your breaking point at the source right, the run through Eau Rouge, then into Le Com and Bruxelles, and then towards the end of the lap at Blanchemont as well. When you're thinking, this has been a good lap up until now, can I just get this chicane right? And it's so easy to get a mistake into the lap time then. Plus, of course, for this car traffic having to be negotiated every single lap sometimes the gts sometimes the slightly quicker lmp3 machines two of them up ahead for alex Terrell. but the gap back now to colin noble is over one minute battling up ahead actually for the duquesne engineering car of kenton cook richard bradley is that in the 40 car as well that's a 65 car 65 that would make more sense Bradley's pushing on in the 40 car. 65 is the other graph machine of Emilian Card. So actually, 
Kenton Cook able to get by 65, but doesn't give him a place. The nine car back on the lead lap as far as the graph machines is concerned, though. Guard, by the way, is getting closer and closer to Alexander Huanyi. Uh, fifth place battle that's going to be before two very much longer. Significantly quicker the graph racing car than the cool racing machine. Terrell makes a ball at the 65 with no drama. Picking up track position. Defending that lead of over a minute. So Richard Bradley hunting down Dominic Bauman and should be by relatively quickly, considering that's an LMP3 car trying to catch and overtake the GT3 leader. Here is Alex Durrell turning left at turn nine. Plenty of curb on the exit, and the plunge down to Puon continues. Colin Noble able to pick off and lap the 23 car from United Autosports, now driven by Richard Mines, taking it over from Sean Lynn. Colin Noble, a quick glance in the mirror on the right side, just wanting to stabilise the gap back to the third and fourth place cars. I think he's realised it's going to be a tough ask to try and catch Alex Turrell with only 35 minutes on the clock, and the gap is a minute and eight seconds. Yep, Nielsen and, and Nielsen Racing and United Autosports, two UK-based teams, of course, and two teams with, well, multi-car programmes in LMP3, and ambitions for more, I think. United will see, of course, in the European Le Mans Series 4-hour race tomorrow in both LMP2, where they've won two races so far this year, and LMP3, where they lead the championship, again, defending their champ championship, and trouble, trouble for the 53 car. Car stopped on the pit straights. Ivan Muller looking well concerned, listening to what's going on from his driver. And smoke from the rear of the car. And that is the fourth place car. Was being driven by, well, earlier in the race, Lauren Millara. Natan Biel's taken it over, and the car comes to a halt right up alongside the pit wall on the main straight here. And there are yellow flags out of the chicane warning everybody of that fact so that car will drop away benefiting Emilien Kart for Graf Racing for Andy Merrick who'll gain a place up to 6th position then for the Welshman and Michele Rugolo in the 55 car who's charging back up the order after a difficult stint for Claudio Sedanovic uh, the key question here is what is going to happen about recovery of that car it is not in a very accessible place no there is an opening in the pit wall not very far away from there but it would probably require a full course caution although the marshals are doing a pretty good job out of sight of pushing that to the end of the grass area and they may be able to find a home for it just the other side of the source corner so that car is being recovered about five marshals, brave old things, uh, pushing the car now up towards the source corner, and this is being covered by waved yellow flags. There is a glimpse of it. That's interesting there, they won the marshals there, putting the fire extinguisher he was also carrying, as well as pushing the car. Yeah. The car's being instructed to stay to the left to imagine auto sports cars there. And that is an exchange of position, in fact. That is ninth, but will become eighth position as they go past... We know stricken in Mason Wymar car. And down towards just two and a half minutes left before we get down to the final half an hour here. So the 53 car 
drops behind the two United Autosports cars and will drop all the way to the bottom, I'm afraid of the order, after sitting as high as fourth. And what does that mean in terms of the battle for the final podium position as we see Andy Merrick go up the inside of the 65 car? Again, not for position, that's Emil Card being unlapped by Andy Merrick. Mm, no, no, it's not, it's it is for position, position. apologise. So Andy Merrick becomes the fifth place car. Um, the gap between third and fourth now, 13 seconds between Ross Warburton and Alexander Wanyi. And the, the car that they're recovering is now right the middle of the track out of La Source. So the two drivers there, Andy Merrick and uh, Emilian Carr, did well to avoid it. The plan is to find a gap in the traffic and push it across the racetrack, basically. Report so, full course yellow. Oh, we're going to go full course yellow. That's perhaps not a surprise. All cars must bear left at T1. All cars must bear left at T1. Now, has the car got stuck in gear? Driver's still on board, being Emilian Card, and a drama as well for the number four car, it looks like, at Le Com corner. Yes, oh, the, in fact, the full course yellow is going to be aborted, so and oh, there was the drama for was. the four. Off the road, and is the rear left wheel moving a little excessively? Not quite sure about that. Did it make contact with the barrier? Oh, it did. Yes. Just a gentle contact. That reminds me a little bit of what happened to Jean-Gloria earlier on today during qualifying. Now the 53 car can go into pit lane the wrong way. Everyone's made their stops, so this shouldn't be a problem for people leaving pit lane. There'll be yellow flags in pit lane as well, though. So we've reported the full course yellow. Yes. And still under yellow flags uh, through the uh, source. And trouble again. Another car in trouble. And this is the 23 car. Was that just a spin through the bus stop for Richard Means? Uh, I think it was. I have one at the end of the main street and one at the start now for a change. Yes, tongue-in-cheek comment possibly there from Eduardo Freitas uh, as the car is now very T1 much in a safe position, number 53. Sector 1 is clear, Sector 3 still under yellows because of the spin. Let's have a fi let's find out what happened to 23. Yes, ended up right in the middle of the track, facing the wrong okay, way. OK, I'm back to the school board again. I've got another car stopping before T1 on driver's left. I've got another car stopping before T1 on driver's left. Oh, dear. So the marshals have got rid of one of the cars and did a splendid job in trying that. Now Richard Mines has ground to a halt in exactly the same position. On the approach to turn one. At T1, we're totally left. At T1, we're totally left. And the same poor guys will be exhausted now. Yes, they will. At least nowhere to push. They will. Uh, well, they will be experienced in what they need to do here. But it's not a great place to be at La Source no. Corner, and they've got guys out in the middle of the track waving people wider. And sensibly so. On the double wave yellows, remember, that is an indication to the drivers to slow down and be prepared to stop. So they cannot be going through their full race speed. Basically, trying to get it into neutral and drift it down. More instruction from Eduardo Freitas. In radio contact with all of the drivers. Stay wide at T1, La Source Corner. There is a car sitting right on the apex now, and the marshals... Not a nice place for the well, marshals really to be. really not, because they don't know what's coming next. Their colleagues are out in the middle of the road, making sure everyone waves uh, is waved wide. This is how desperate the clerk of the cause, Eduardo Freitas, is not to go full course yellow if he can avoid it. It's effectively only one... Only one corner affected. There was a mention of full course yellow then. Full 
course yellow. Aboard full course yellow. We're still not going to go for the FCY. So that that's, that wasn't wide, was it, to no. turn one? No, and they... And you can go sort of wide on the approach. What you need to be doing is going wide through your corner as well. And again, I'm afraid, almost a marshal getting clipped there by a racing car. Everyone's OK. And we keep our fingers crossed that it stays that way. But some close calls there. Time for a beer for some of those marshals later on tonight, I think. They have earned their money. If only they did earn money in their occupation. It's a purely voluntary thing here for love of motorsport. We couldn't do it without them. So thanks again for clearing that racetrack up. Remarkably, we're back to green. 28 minutes to go, and you can breathe again, folks, after two cars come to a halt at the end of the main straight. And the marshals did us such a good job in clearing everything out of the way. And that's, that's a mark there of just how tricky that job is in race control. They want to keep the race going if they, if they can possibly do so. A lot of that comes down to the other competitors, yes. as, if they can follow the instruction. And that was getting perilously close to the point where we would have had to go full course yellow because, let's be blunt, there were a couple of drivers there that were not following the instruction of race control. To stay wide at turn one, you can do that, but you have to make sure you're wide at the apex as well because so many people will be piling into the source going, well, I can't see a problem. There are yellow flags, but there's nothing here. You only just need to round the corner very slightly and then see the stricken car right in the middle of the track. So it's having the trust and the respect for the officials that are running this race. And indeed the marshals and as the part marshals. of that officialdom because yeah. it's them in line of fire, if you like. Where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with 27 minutes remaining of this two-hour race. Alex Terrell is... 62 seconds to the good now. Ross Warburton still sitting in third. Where is Andy Merrick, who's the new fourth-place man, having gone past Emile Card and must be getting pretty close, other thoughts. Where is Andy Merrick? He's not a full lap down, surely. He's in the middle sector. I think, yeah, the car has become a lap down after that opening stint for Eric de Donka. We're still we're waiting, Andy Merrick, at the end of this middle sector, aren't we? So that drama for a couple of those cars, just waiting to see what the real world gap is. Because that does mean that a couple of the cars that were potentially in a position to depose Ross Warburton from a, a podium position have dropped off timing and scoring. I think Andy Merrick is closing in, possibly, on Alex Terrell. Yeah, they're running right together with the three-car just ahead of the 98. So the gap is going to be something of the order of 20 seconds between the third and fourth-place car. Yeah. Because if uh, it's two minutes and 16 seconds, the good Terrell from... Uh, it's Andy Merrick has actually taken yes, third yeah. position just yes. now. Yeah, so he's got by Ross Warburton, but picture the leader, and right behind the leader is Andy Merrick, lap down. Not very far away is the number nine car, that looks like, which is uh, several laps down, but Kenton Cook actually able to keep up with the leader, so fair play to him. And then you've got Ross Warburton, fourth on the screen, but tucked in behind race leader because that car's just gone a lap down as well. So Alex Terrell about to cross the start-finish line to tick off 40 laps in this race. And and Andy Merrick shadowing his every move. And has, uh, has now actually lapped uh, everybody up to second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Colin Noble is a minute and two seconds behind Alex Terrell. That clump of cars just exiting La Source corner now. That's where two stricken LMP3 machines are. Richard Mines safely out of the 23 car, which is good to see. 
Stevie Yes at uh, the Piff-Paff sequence of corners, or Lafania as it's often referred to. Down towards Stavolo, the right-hander. Here is Lee Moll leading, sorry, Don Bowerman, I should say, having taken the car over from Lee Moll. So Dominic Bowerman, the Austrian, piloting the Lee Moll entered Mercedes AMG. Second place in GT3 is Fabio Babini. And how about this for a collection of cars? Ross Warburton about to lose more places. It looks Has just like done so. Emilia Kart and Michele Rugolo able to get through for position. So Warburton loses fifth and sixth positions there. Still on course at the moment for a top six because Alessandro Quani not able to take the fight to Ross Warburton. They're doing similar time. Well, Quani's steadily catching Warburton. Yeah. So we'll wait to see whether the RLR car can stay in the top six after great early work from Alex Capadia. Remember, the game this year for Ross Warburton is to find the consistency, then the speed. Here comes the move, double move on Ross Warburton. Graf car ahead of the Spirit of Race car. And they pull away quickly. And it's actually those positions reversed as well because Rougelot has gone by card. Rougelot up to uh, fourth position now. So it's been a storming run back up the field from the 55 car. We've seen this from Michele Rugolo a couple of times this season. And he's not that far away from Andy Merrick, you know. He's got a moment here at Puon corner with a car wide through the second part of it. And there certainly was, and a place change, in fact, with uh, Rugolo getting ahead there. So down to the pit lane and have a word with Lee Moll from the number seven Mercedes. Yeah, indeed, I'm down here with Lee. Lee, that's got to be your drive of the season. What's the secret? Well, we've got a, we've got a new chassis for this race. So we've had a problem with the car uh, from uh, Le Mans onwards. So we've driven with that. So this, this chassis has given me so much more confidence. So, yeah, so it's good. It's good standing. Looking on for a good result. And, of course, Phil isn't here with you this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got uh, British GT duty, so uh, fingers crossed they'll do well and win that championship tomorrow. So, uh, But they'll be back with me at Porto Mayo. Well, good luck for a great result. Thank you. Thank you. So Phil Keane with his regular partner John Minshaw at Donington Park this weekend. Qualifying's done, the race still to happen in the UK tomorrow, two-hour race, but uh, Lee Moll focused on the Michelin-Le Mans Cup. With one more round to come after this one. It's good news that Phil will be back with Lee uh, in a month's time. Dominic Bowman, a very able substitute. But I do know, having spoken to Lee, for a little period of time at Le Mans, he said he was really struggling at times with that car, never quite sure what it was going to do next. And that sounds like it's a more integral problem. He thought it was tyre-related when I spoke to him at the start, but it sounds like they've traced it back to maybe something not quite right with the AMG itself. And the new car, well, he's driving like um, a brand-new man. And that stint was very impressive indeed, leading the class then. And, of course, EB Motors struggling with excessive oversteer. I'm not sure whether that is tyre-related or more to do with how the car's been set up. Fabio Babini able to drive around the problem, but the lead in GT3 is well over 30, maybe well over 40 seconds now. Yes, it is, between Bauman and Fabio Babini in the number 46 car. There is Bauman in the seven Mercedes then, about to be overtaken by the overall leader to those two class leaders in the same shot and Alex Turrell neatly up the inside of Don Bauman to put a lap on the number seven Mercedes and Turrell still leading 
by now just under a minute from a hard-charging Colin Noble. Further woe uh, after the woe and the further woe for the number 99 so far in this uh, this race. The car now running in 12th position. So Jordan Perroy uh, was under investigation for the uh, pit stop, the main pit stop the car had. It's going to be a stop-and-go penalty with a stop of the engine by the driver of car 99. Now that is going to cost them dear, I think. That is going to drop that car at least two further positions behind the battle, uh, which is now down to five seconds, by the way, uh, between Fabio Babini and Ben Barker for second in GT. We still haven't heard, though, uh, of any conclusions of the investigation for Ben Barker, who runs very wide indeed, uh, coming towards the end of the lap here in the number 20 car and for the lead car in the hands of Dominic Bowen we just heard there from Lee Mole so there could be further dramas to come in the last 20 minutes of this race now this is the battle for second position in GT and this could be critical Johnny for the, um, for the championship yes that's right I mean looking at the championship in, in GTs EB Motors moved on to 76 and a half points courtesy of their pole position earlier on today Limol came here with 59 and a half but if it's uh, the Limol Mercedes that wins they would move to 85 and a half EB Motors in second place onto 94 and a half so the gap will be down from 16 points to just 10 points between those two cars and it's looking like a two horse race now in the GT3 part of the Michelin Le Mans Cup on the other hand, LMP3, the, the way we're going at the moment, should be sewn up with a round to spare for DKR Engineering. Alex Terrell leading by this 58-second margin. And maximum points here this weekend would clinch the championship for both Alex and Jean Gloria. I doubt, by the way, that uh, there is a problem for that uh, Lamborghini. The lap times are not where they should be for Fabio Babini, a driver, a driver of no little quality. Ben Barker, meanwhile, is ragging that Porsche behind to get on terms with the Italian star. There he is, third position into the double left at Pouon Corner. And Ben Barker taking the car over from Andrew Baker. And as Ben said, Andrew was generally one second off the target time. But that's what it's all about, setting your co-driver, the non-pro, a target, a delta time, if you like, and try and meet that as many times as you can through the stint. If you can get there, then you lessen the time a little bit. It's almost like working out in a gym, I suppose, and giving yourself a, a set weight to work to. And once you've mastered that, you then put a bit more weight on. And it's about every step bringing the co-driver on and quickening the pace. 18 minutes to go. There's the Golf Racing Porsche, number 20. Third position tailing the Fabio Babini-driven Lamborghini Huracan. Fabio is no slouch, particularly at the wheel of a raging bull, but he cannot uh, hold back Ben Barker here. I think that's down to, as we say, problems with the Lamborghini more than anything else. Uh, definitely two or three seconds off where he really should be in that car if it was in full health. It'd be interesting to hear from Fabio post-race about what the problem really is here. Meantime, it's about to be another position lost for Ross Warburton, currently sixth, but now being caught hand of a fist by Alexander Poigny. Just five seconds, three seconds, in fact, for good as they cross the line to complete their lap 42. Jordan Perroy's been in for the latest penalty, by the way, the 99 car, about to rejoin now in 12th position. So just as a mark of just how desperate their look has been, 
And would you believe, oh, there's a further uh, investigation will come to that in a moment. It's four pit stops that everybody else has won for the uh, 99 car. 22, currently hands of Matt Bell. Improving sector under double yellow was Matt Bell, one of those that was being, is going to get a slap down for whatever happened um, in the first turn with one or other of those cars in trouble. Yeah, the source corner, one was removed, you may remember, and was replaced almost immediately with the 23 car of Richard Mine. So the marshals were sent to task again. Out of the left-hander at turn nine is the battle for second place in GT3. Fabio Babini far, far closer this time with Ben Barker chasing his every move. There's also some duking of position here with Ross Warburton under pressure from Alexandra Kwani, and kwani has been catching Warburton for the last few laps. Right with him now. Can't find a way past, though, at the Faniot corner. Out of the right and the left, often called Piff-Paff, and then down towards Staffalo. There's no opportunity there for the cool racing car to get up the inside. Has there been a change in GT3? Nope, Not quite. But they're catching this battle. This could get very interesting very quickly. If Ross Warburton holds off Kwani just for another couple of corners, those GT cars are going to be with them. Here they come. Barker right there. It suggests, what, uh, certainly under a second, the gap there. When you're looking for a simple way past, will it be into the bus stop? It may very well be. That breaks the RLR car in there. Safe and sound. Here come the two battling GT cars, still in the order they started that lap, but closer than ever. And it's the 79 car that's not got, now got between them with the charging Colin Noble, so that's given Fabio Babini just a little bit of respite. Opened up the gap just a, just a touch. Now, all of these cars have got to deal with... Oh, and a big, big twitch that nearly caught out Fabio Babini. Big twitch from Ross Warburton as he got the power down out of La Source. He goes by the RLR car. Here comes Colin Noble, and here comes Ben Barker. Yeah, so Barker with the two LMP3s between him now and the EB Motors car. And the P3's far quicker down the straight, although having said that, Ben Barker's going to give one of them a oh. run for its money, and Ross Warburton very nearly there collects the 79 car. So uh, along the Kemmel straight goes Ben Barker. It's going to be three abreast with the Porsche far better up the straight and into Lecom. This is where the uh, LMP3 downforce, though, comes back into the equation. Ben Barker is driving the wheels off that Porsche and still able to stay in front of Colin Noble in car 79. I think Ross Warburton had seen the Porsche coming, but not the Ligier. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Thankfully, everyone's still on the black stuff. Out of Bruxelles corner goes the GT3 fight for second and third, and this time around the Fabio Babini-driven Lamborghini given a bit more breathing space compared to a lap ago, purely because of the LMP3 traffic, and Ben Barker having to keep his eyes peeled on those rear-view mirrors because Colin Noble is ready to pounce. Can he get a good run out of Puon corner and down to the right and the left? Ben Barker sensibly is going to allow Colin Noble through because really Noble should be faster than that Porsche. It's the second-placed LMP3 car on the screen. Big moment, though, for... Who was that then coming that out was of ben Barker. It, it was, was Barker ben, going it was wide. Ben Barker had actually got the tyres dirty in yes. staying out the way. He just ran wide, and then the grip wasn't there when he came to the next corner, ran fully wide in the Porsche. Sense, though, he's having a great time here. <laughs> yes. Well, he did say, you know, we're enjoying ourselves at quite a warmish spa. No rain on the radar till Monday. and It's, un it's very unlikely to get a weekend like this here at Spa, a place where it seems to find rain 
and shine uh, most weekends, most days sometimes. Well, we had this conversation actually uh, not so long ago with a couple of my colleagues on Daily Sports, and I think we, we, we reckon this is maybe the third ever in about 40 times being here. Wow. Completely been... clear and beautiful. Yes. Blue skies and sunshine. Yes. It is a glorious place in these kind of conditions. Andy Merritt, by the way, still there just within reach of unlapping himself, but can't quite get there. The traffic here, Ben Barker again is attacking. This is going to be a battle for second position in GT before the end of this race. Yeah, and those involved at Lee Mole Racing, both Dominic Bauman and Lee Mole himself, will be happy that this battle continues on because a new car to the championship, although it scored points at the Road to Le Mans event, but if that car, number 20, can finish second, it takes further points away from EB Motors and closes the gap yet further. Now, it could be down to just six points at the end of this event. Ben Barker's going to try and overtake two LMP3 cars at the same time out of Lecom Corner. Surely that's not going to work, but Kwani's the first on his list. Well, uh, the white and blue car of Colin Noble's already got through, and Ben Barker able to slip by Alexandra Kwani as well into Bruxelles Corner. Always oh, going to have some tails after this one, isn't Bingo? But it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Getting stuck in is Ben Barker. He'll be back for more, we hope, next year with Andrew Baker. They'll be tempted into doing Portimao if they're not already as well. After such a great experience, uh, Andrew Baker's probably leaping around on one foot here, wanting his Porsche to finish in the top two, if possible. Now Colin Noble's got to deal with... I would imagine... Oh, dear me, that was, that was uh, Matt Bell trying to make his way through he's got uh, time to make up here he's got that 10 second penalty remember to be added to his time he has got um, his pass uh, lost Warburton but needs to pull away from Warburton for more to make that pass he's also passed Kwanyi so he's up to 6th position but needs to pull away by 10 seconds to keep that slot yeah so what that, can Matt Bell do next just, has, has that Porsche had has it lost bodywork at the back or was that just the light? I didn't see any contact. It's had a few moments where it's been off the racing line. Matt Bell up to no good again. It looks like desperately trying to get the, the inside of Colin Noble. Now, that's not a change in position, remember. Noble still second on the road, but Matt Bell able to use any sort of racing line through the final chicane there and find the grip. He'll be able to pick off Fabio Babini here as well with 10 minutes to go on the clock. Beanie's not letting that go it's, no, at all because he knows he's got to use every single inch of this track. He can see Ben Barker coming. They want to do what they can to grab any points at all available. Under 10 minutes to go. Kanye dropping back a little. In the sky blue coloured car. Kanye, by the way, is falling back a little into the clutches of Ross Warburton, who's not losing ground now. So is there a problem? for the number four car is he's just staying out of the way of this astonishing battle with four cars on three different laps but all with different agendas all of which are important the second place car they're the third in the line but the second and third place cars in GT very much in a battle for podium slots here Colin Noble's going to be so so careful almost three wide again there 
Now, uh, Babini has to go wide to allow uh, Noble big through. Well, he's off the racing line. He's onto the dirty stuff. Surely this is Ben Barker's chance, but the next corner's his left hand, and the Porsche's in the wrong position for that. Running way, way out wide, though, is Babini. And track limits have been an issue. Out of turn number nine, getting the overlap is Ben Barker, but he thinks better of it. The nose of the Porsche dives into the tarmac as he is late on the brakes into Puon. It's very, very close indeed now for second and third in GT3. Babini yep, uh, would be the kind of man that you want on your side in a fight. Probably not the kind of man you want to be getting by for a significant position in the final eight minutes of a motor race. And I think that's what Ben Barker's finding at the moment. He's got a podium position. He wants to keep it. He'd like the next one, but he'd like to do that cleanly. Eight and a half minutes remain. And this is a very engaging battle. Two professional drivers and two superb GT3 race cars. Fabulously entertaining, considering we have four cars in GT3 this weekend, but nevertheless, it's, uh, it's kept us guessing to the finish, and can we still have a place change for second? Ben Barker goes to the left. Is he trying to throw Fabio Babini a bit of a dummy here? He's going to get level. Now, can he keep the car on the outside? No is the answer, and Babini takes the slightly more conventional route through the bus stop chicane, but that Porsche looks more manoeuvrable than the Lamborghini certainly we know that Babini and Busnelli before him were having to deal with quite a lot of oversteer from that dark blue and gold Lamborghini if he's going to do this with pace and without interference this is the lap because catching this pair is the further recovering Jordan Peroy the number 99 car that seems to have been up and down the order well certainly like some kind of express lift number 99 after four pit stops three uh, enforced on them by either penalties or contact. Here comes the Porsche. Can it do it in, on, on uh, straight line speed? Well, Ben Barker seems to think so. He's going to the outside. He's alongside Babini now. Can he do this before the braking zone? I don't think he can. This is great oh, stuff. Trying his utmost. Oh, Very again. different line here, though, through Lecombe. Oh. I thought he'd lost it part way through there. The Porsche almost... Almost like... backs it in. <laughs> yes, Absolutely great stuff. This is a motorcycle-type overtake. Oh. He still can't do it, though. <laughs> and Ben Barker turned up here for a bit of fun this weekend. All of a sudden, he's rolled the sleeves up and he's getting well and truly stuck in here. It's like the end of uh, the Spa 24 hours, something like that, as hotly contested as it is. Out of the left hand there, again, Babini is wide. wide. And much neater lines from Ben Barker. Lights flashing, makes all the difference, I'm told. Trying to distract Fabio Babini into some kind of slight error. And as I say, again, far more manoeuvrable is that uh, Ben Barker-driven Porsche. Crazy line at the car, but he made it work, carrying much better speed, much uh, more speed out of the right, the left and the right hander down towards Bruxelles, but still can't get by Fabio Babini driving the widest Lamborghini Huracan known to man, and this time the gap's grown very slightly at Stavolo. Sadly, we've only got another six and a bit minutes to enjoy of this, depending on where the overall leader is somewhere in the middle sector Alex Terrell still leading by a minute and 12 seconds and kind of Colin Noble's opportunity of whittling that down by a bit more was uh, went out the window as soon as he caught up with these two guys Fabio Babini and Ben Barker yeah it's uh, great stuff and I think this is going to go right to the flag because Babini is clearly not in the mood to just offer a few points no. the Porsche's way now, who is this catching up with the GT3 fight? 
that to go over the line. It might be Jordan Peroy. I think it is Jordan Peroy. I did say would be that this would be the lap that he would get the opportunity of a clear run at him. And uh, the 99 car has been reeling them in. This is for position, I should say. This is the 12th, 13th and 14th position overall. Jordan Peroy, fresh from that uh, stop and go. Again, kicking up the dust there and the excessive debris, the tyre pickup, uh, Ben Barker, so very different line again through uh, Eau Rouge, Raddy on corner, but it seems to work for him. He's trying to find an inside line this time down the Campbell Straight. Fabio Babini uh, sticking to his line in fairness, Babini not excessively weaving and he can't get through again, but this might work for Ben Barker. Again, Barker. almost sideways at Lecom. He's leaving nothing on the table here at all, is he? This is good stuff. Such a crazy line through Lecom. I keep thinking he's going to lose the back end, and it's going. Oh, and this is a mistake oh, for Bassini part way through Bruxelles. Surely that's going to open the gap up. He's on the wrong side. He is again, left hand and oh. next, and Ben Barker can't make it work. And Jordan Peroy needs to be careful not to get involved. This is surely Ben Barker's opportunity out of turn nine. He'll have the inside line for Poo on corner now. It's done. And finally, he makes it stick. Thoroughly entertaining overtake that was, which lasted about ten minutes. Yep. And finally, he's managed to force a mistake, a rare thing from Fabio Babini to get at the inside. And there are flags waving uh, into that right-hander, I thought. But anyway, they're through, still in the same order. Jordan Peroy was able to pick off the Lamborghini as well and gain a position. Ben Barker will tell us they set that one up from three laps previously. <laughs> And he well, wouldn't be far wrong, actually. Sometimes it, you have just got to follow a competitor, find out where they're strong and where they're weak, and then uh, utilise that knowledge. Joking aside, we had seen the Lamborghini run wide at the same corner on the previous two laps. Ben will have known that. Yes. And he will have known that was where Abini was most exposed, and he went for it. Absolutely yes. textbook stuff. Uh, I think that is Andy Merrick closing in on the leader to unlap him. OK. Um, well, unlap himself. That's something to look out for. On the last lap time, he certainly is. Took a second out of him. And he would like to finish, I'm sure, on the lead lap. I think that was just Marshall's gesticulating, actually, going, look at that for a, a fight. Brilliant. Ben Barker's through. Rather than actually any yellow flags being displayed, there's been nothing on our screen. And they were fired heading into Fania corner. But Ben Barker will now start to stretch his legs. So a car that's not scored that many points in this year's Michelin Le Mans Cup is a welcome addition, Andrew Baker and Ben Barker, and that's going to take points away from the EB Motors car, now third on the road, so we'll only gain uh, 15 points. That'll take it to 91 and a half at the end of this race, and the gap, therefore, will be seven points heading to Portimao for the final race. Jordan Broy makes his way past Ben Barker as well, so he's recovered a couple of further positions. He's up at 12th. But uh, Ben Barker won't care about that. What he'll care about is he's going to be one step further up that podium. No chance on pace of doing anything about Dominic Bauman. I remind you that both the first and second place cars, we have heard it had an investigation for pit stops. We haven't heard the outcome. It is the final lap, though, Johnny. That's crept up on us. Yes, and it is has. That changed. That is indeed Andy Merrick having uh, got, uh, unlapped himself. He's on the lead lap. Brilliant stuff for Motorsport 98. The team based here in Belgium and have a Belgian driver in the form of Eric de Donker, and it is Andy Merrick taking over from him halfway. And that is, I think, going to be their first podium of the season, season if it stays this way. 
And by the way, the reason that's happened is because Michele Rugolo has closed right in on Andy Merrick. We're on the final lap, but the gap is, I think, under three seconds. OK. Well, that's something to look out for as well. But uh, as far as Motorsport 98 are concerned, yes, it would be their first podium. Now, this is going to be interesting because, of course, Michele Rugolo at the moment is off the lead lap. Andy Merrick is just on it in more ways than one. He had got the hurry-up call because Michele Ruglo had been herring back into contention way wide again. That is the fourth-place car behind the Norma. So the leader is the number three car. The car ahead of him, the LMP3 car in Puon ahead of him, is the third-place car. And the fourth-place car, looking to get onto terms with Merrick, is behind. And that might just be the saving grace for Andy Merrick. But DKR Engineering have uh, dominated this championship of late. The last three races have been victories. That's the second uh, half of the road to Le Mans on Saturday morning of the great race. They won Red Bull Ring, they won in Paul Ricard. It's looking like another 25 points here in Spa to seal the championship. Uh, right, so Michele Rucolo has gone by the leader. It's going to be another lap for the third-place battle between Andy Merrick and yep. Michele Rucolo. Yeah. Well, could we see even further drama here? That's uh, possibly Alex Terrell not wanting to get scooped up by a charging Michele Rugolo and allowing him through. He had the opportunity to be able to do that with a full minute as an advantage over Colin Noble. But here comes the DKR engineering car then to take a fourth victory of the season and to seal the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup within LMP3. We reckon that's an unassailable lead now for the DKR Engineering squad, despite a hard-charging Nielsen racing with Colin Noble and Tony Wells doing a splendid job. They could still finish second in the championship once Portimao is done and dusted, but it's another victory to add to their Red Bull victory success, uh, the Red Bull success and the win in the south of France a month ago. But racing, as Graham Goodwin quite rightly points out, continues on this final lap, not least for Dominic Bauman, who shares this Mercedes with Lee Mole and this out of the final corner for the number seven Mercedes is going to be victory at Spa Francorchamps and a second win of the year after they won at Monza to kick things off in 2017. So second time they've managed to score maximum points. Got a second place at Paul Ricard as well. What about the scrap between Andy Merrick and Michele Rugolo? That's likely to run and run for the rest of this lap, potentially. Four seconds is the gap. Uh, Rugolo has taken some time out of uh, Merrick in the first sector. A long second sector still to come. They will be doing this at full racing speed. We're with the, the winning car and the championship winning car. Looks to real uh, somewhat emotional after that. And uh, why wouldn't he be a young man with a significant title in what could be a new turn in his career? Yeah, Fabulous. Just sitting there chuckling in the cockpit, looking up at Jean Gloria, his teammate Alex Deril, really ecstatic about that. The 21-year-old from Spain, the silver-graded driver, joined by Belgian Jean Gloria. Ben Barker brings the golf racing car home, second position in GT, ahead of Fabio Babini, and uh, that battle for third position is very close indeed. It is two seconds. Over a second taken out of Merrick by Rugolo in the second sector. It's the short third sector to come. And who is going to finish the podium positions for this race in Spa-Francorchamps? I think it's just going to be Andy Merrick, but it's about a second gap. They're going to cross the line any moment now as we 
see the championship winners taking the plaudits they deserve after a fabulous season. And it is Andy Merrick, by the way, who has crossed the line. Uh, two seconds, though, taken out of that advantage by Andy Merrick on the final lap. 217.176 from Michele Ruglo, the fastest lap of the 55 cars race. Another car coming up from the very back of the grid. Great yep. stuff. Another really good. Really good two-hour race in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. This, this um, mix between the GT3 and the LMP3 cars uh, has been a real success. The LMP3 cars in particular doling out some massive uh, entertainment. And then Ben Barker and Fabio Babili, I think, giving us some of the moments of the race, Johnny. So that's a first podium for Motorsport 98. It's uh, another good finish for Nielsen Racing. They're now not concentrating on the championship win, but instead to be runners-up. And they'll move to 80 points from what was 62 at the start of the weekend. But DKR Engineering now with that unassailable lead on to 113 points for the team from Luxembourg. And the drivers from here in Belgium and from Spain. Charlie George is down there with our winners, not only for this race in isolation, but for the 2017 championship. So let's head down there now to get some reaction from the drivers. Well, these guys are very happy. Jean, your home circuit gave you beautiful sunshine and the championship. It's an amazing day. Cannot describe uh, the feeling. It's, it's so overwhelming. Crazy, crazy. Alex did a great job. The team did a great job. We made no mistakes. So really, it's, it's fantastic. Speechless. And Alex, a quick word from you. They're already spraying the champagne down here. A fantastic stint. Well done. Thank you. I mean, uh, he did a brilliant job in the start. I just need to keep the pace as always and close the job. Car was working really good. It allowed me to do really good lap times, even chilling and not making any big effort. So unbelievable. I'm so happy for all the team, for everyone, all the effort, all the season as a rookie is coming here and win and also win the championship. It's, it's amazing. It's no words to describe. Enjoy celebrating, guys. Well done. Thank you. And we'll see them again, I'm sure, at Portimao to round the season off. The end-of-year awards will be held on the Sunday night of that Portuguese weekend as well. Uh, but congratulations to Jean Gloria. You couldn't really strip that any better, could you, to be here at his home track, family in attendance as well. And memories of Spa Francochamps will uh, live long with him and hopefully his little one too. Uh, that will be, I'm sure, the uh, team contender for the Decor Engineering team in about 15 years' time. Yes, sign him up because he looks like he could be a quick one too. Big, big smiles down there. And uh, that's the, the extra nice thing about being here in your home country. Normally the family can be there too. There's the 79 car finishing in second position. Colin Noble drove the wheels off that towards the end. Was never really going to get any better than second position, but solidified that and finished actually a full minute ahead of Andy Merrick, who was hard charging, ensuring he wasn't caught in turn by Michele Rugolo for Spirit of Race. That 55 car has finished on the podium on one occasion this year was trying to repeat that didn't quite manage it though fourth place for car 55 Emilian Kart for uh, Graf Racing the car that he shares with Adrian Schiller finished in fifth place just ahead of Matt Bell in the 22 car the machine that was penalised is going to be penalised for that uh, incorrect pit lane entry from Jim Maguire in his stint there's the number seven Mercedes the AMG entered by Lee Moll 
and driven by both Lee and uh, co-driver Dominic Barman this weekend and confirmation of the 51 laps completed by DKR Engineering's Norma M30. A minute and a second clear of Nielsen Racing's Ligier Motorsport 98 with the Belgian flag finishing in third position. Spirit of Race fourth and Graf in fifth. GT3 going the way of the Lee Mole Mercedes ahead of the Golf Racing UK Porsche and the EB Motors Lamborghini, which just about hangs on to its championship lead, heading to Portimao in a month's time. This is how the race started two hours ago, with cars fanning out as many as sixth abreast. And look to the white and blue car that will get elbowed out onto the grass creek, onto the AstroTurf. No traction out there, and Tony Wells losing places hand over fist. Lee Mole, though, eager to get the large nose of the Mercedes stuck in very early on, using almost two wheels on the grass down towards the first corner and plenty of extra turf as well on the run down to Eau Rouge. Side by side as Alex Capadia began his move up the order from 15th position to then lead the race eventually. Big lock up for Adrian Chiller in the 65 car for Graf Racing. That meant he lost a couple of places and here was an Alex Capadia overtaking the N race car the number 99 that was started by Alain Costa Unfortunately, a tough old race for the 99 crew with several visits, several extra visits to the pit lane required to serve penalties. This was the moment Lee Mold took the race lead in GT3 away from Emanuele Busnelli. We both thought he'd have not a chance there at the end of the Kemmel straight. Contact sadly between uh, the 99 of Costa and the 79 of Tony Wells. More battling later on in the race with Ross Warburton now at the wheel of the number 14 car. That's Colin Noble charging in the Nielsen Racing car. Then, sadly, two cars grinding to a halt just before La Source hairpin. Cracking work from the marshals to get both of them recovered. A spin for the number four car with Alexandre Kwani at the wheel, but he got back up and running. And here was the number 23 car driven by Richard Mines. This also had a moment, a spin facing the wrong way and Richard Mines did a good job of recovering that I just wonder whether maybe he did some damage to the car as he spun it back round again because it came to a halt at the end of the main straight and needed to be recovered by the marshals once more under double waved yellows and this is the number three car coming across the line to take the Spa event but also the championship for 2017 so congratulations to Jean Gloria and to Alex Turrell at DKR Engineering and the number seven car over the line, Dominic Bauman and Lee Mole. Of course, Lee Mole carries the points as far as the drivers are concerned. Phil Keane's going to be around behind when he comes back for the Portuguese round. So, plenty of highlights across the two hours. And here is confirmation of a championship for Alex Turrell, the Spaniard, Jean Gloria, the Belgian, 113 points. You can't catch that as far as uh, Tony Wells and Colin Noble are concerned in Portugal. So they're looking good for second in the championship now. Adrian Schiller and Emilian Card, that's the Graf car third ahead of Claudio Sedanovic for Spirit of Race. 43 and a half points for Claudio. A little bit further down the points chart, we may well see, but not before the podium. And this is the podium for the LMP3 cars. So first of all, to the third step, Andy Merrick and his co-driver, Eric Dodonka, another Belgian pilot here at his home race. And they're deep in conversation. Often not, not even a chance for a quick chat between the two drivers before they're sent to the podium. We are still waiting for the other guys. Here they are from Nielsen Racing. Tony Wells and Colin Noble entering from the left-hand side. And shakes all around there. Big grins, I think, from Tony Wells. 
two bronze drivers. A warm handshake between those two guys. But it is a win for Jean Gloria and for Alex Turil. A championship as well. And they go to the top step of the podium after handshakes all round. Big, big grin from Alex Turil and Jean Gloria as well. And they will go to the top step of the podium and we will have an opportunity to once more hear the national anthem from Luxembourg. Here's the national anthem for the winning team. Onshimekt, which in Luxembourgish translates as our homeland, and that's the fourth time we've heard that this year. I'm steadily becoming an expert on the Luxembourg national anthem, and big cheers down below as well. A victory for Belgium, a victory for Spain too. Interestingly, amongst the crowd of uh, team members as uh, the ACO president, Pierre Fion, comes to present the trophies. Amongst the crowd uh, of DKR engineering supporters was a significant previous ACO rules champion, the one and only ever champion in Formula Le Mans, Nico Verdonk, uh, amongst the, uh, the supporters there. Good to see Pierre Fion doing the honours then, and a couple of trophies to the third-place finishers, Eric de Donker and to Andy Merrick. Tony Wells and Colin Noble getting their well-deserved trophies. But with the shades on, it's Jean Gloria, Alex Turil are slightly taller, and the DKR Engineering representative as well. So those are the photographs that you'll be seeing on website articles and in the press in future days. There is one more race to go in the Michelin Le Mans Cup for 2017. A first visit for that championship to Portimao in Portugal, a track that's actually only existed for nine years. First broke ground in 20 in the winter of 2007 and the first race held in 2008. So looking forward to going there in the modern era of the European Le Mans series, which will also join it on the timetable. Champagne bottles being cracked open then. And this championship lead enough for DKR Engineering to take the 2017 title the first ever for LMP3 remember it was a GT only championship last year and they had a really strong Le Mans weekend Although I remember being they had a tough start to their week with a tricky Thursday race but it was victory in the Saturday one and they haven't been off the top step of the podium since then Getting some of the photographs of the podium. A drone above the pit lane as well, just to see that sneaking out of shot. And the final few 
photographs, last bit of footage being taken before the podium in a moment will be redressed and we'll welcome the top three within GT3. Yep, uh, much fun being had on the podium. Always good to see new champions thoroughly enjoying the experience. So plenty of action, particularly at Fania corner with a bit of contact. There was some overtaking as well. Spins galore for Alexandra Kwani for the 23 car of Richard Mines at the end of the lap. And Marshall's working incredibly hard to get cars cleared from La Source corner. And there is the reaction from Jean Gloria and from Alex Turrell at DKR Engineering. What will they do next year, I wonder? We will find out in due course. There's confirmation of the GT3 result in this race. 49 laps completed by Lee Mole and Dominic Bauman. They win by just over three quarters of a minute from the Gulf Racing UK car of Andrew Baker and Ben Barker. And third place, still just about the championship leaders, but look at that, down to seven points now between Emanuele Busnelli and Fabio Babini. Back to Lee Mole and Phil Keane, although Keane no longer on the same points as Lee Mole. He's not here this weekend, so it's a, a solo fight now for Lee Mole in terms of the drivers' championship, trying to hunt down the two Italians. Cedric Mezar and Stevie S scoring uh, fourth place points here in their Lamborghini so they're still keeping their championship uh, chances alive as well for a top three finish well interestingly there uh, qualifying in the final round is going to be very important indeed because it's a seven point gap isn't it yes and that's the difference between first and second places yes that's true and uh, almost like a drop goal in rugby if you get an extra point in qualifying that could prove pivotal so applause down there with the EB Motors guys. They're on the third step of the podium. So Manuele Busnelli and Fabio Babini. Second place going the way of Andrew Baker and Ben Barker. Easy to spot Ben at six foot four inches. And handshakes all around for Lee Mole and for Dominic Bauman and for one of the team from the Lee Mole entry. Pretty sure, certain I was told by the way that Tenor Baker is 62 years old. That is no mean feat. Uh, a podium at this level with a um, with a debut here at Spa Function. anthem of the Limol team, Limol on the entry list, and the national anthem of the United Kingdom with trophies about to be presented to well, seven guys on the podium, once you count the representative from the Limol outfit as well, the very, very happy they've moved to a brand new chassis, you get the feeling something has clicked this weekend, could they possibly take victory at Portimao as well, but as you say, that point that's on offer the qualifying is very, very important. Incredibly important. It could be the thing that settles that title. Yep. So trophies held aloft by both Emanuele Busnelli and his teammate, uh, the, his teammate Fabio Babini. Andrew Baker, big grin on his face, along with Ben Barker. After a superb drive from Ben. 
I think he had a big smile on his face throughout much of that. Able to get past Babini eventually. But there is Limol and Dominic Bauman eager to crack the champagne open and celebrate because the Michelin Le Mans Cup paddock will start to pack up this evening and head home to leave it all to the European Le Mans series tomorrow with another Formula Renault Euro Cup race to happen tomorrow as well. So without any invitation, champagne being sprayed to suitably soak the one mechanic that's up there. Ben Barker, a well-deserved sip, making sure all the photographs are taken and the clinker glasses. It might be a future partnership to look out for the Barker-Baker combo. And there is the EB Motors Lamborghini just sliding its way through the chicane towards the end of the lap. And EB Motors then under slightly more pressure than maybe they'd expected this weekend. That's the tricky thing. If you encounter some kind of setup problem, it's a question of just clawing together as many points as you can. And how important at the end of this season could that overtake from Ben Barker prove to be? Mm. Yes. No wonder he was uh, defending as much as he possibly could, Fabio Babini. That was a great battle. It certainly was. And the 20 car, not going to win anything in the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup this year, but the 46 certainly could. And it took, uh, well, in the end, only three points away, the difference between second and third. But those three points could be very, very crucial come the end of the championship in a little over a month's time. Let's get some reaction from the seven crew now after their podium presentation with Charlie George. Well, Lee, that was a pretty sweet victory there and closes the championship battle back up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes it really exciting. I think we're now, what, seven points adrift. So with seven, the gap between the 25 and 18 for coming second. So we just, yeah, it's back in our control again. So we need to win and uh, get pole and then we'll win overall so yeah really exciting good weekend for you as well Dominic yeah sure I think uh, Lee did an amazing job at the beginning he had a good move on the Lamborghini uh, where we could extend the lead a bit and then it was let's say an easy drive for me just uh, keeping the gap as it was car was good so everything was, was, was fine yeah congratulations well done guys thank you thank you yeah, if it did go to count back uh, at Portimao, it kind of depends what happens there. But both cars now, the EB Motors Lamborghini and the Limol Mercedes, have, a win have two wins apiece. So if it did go on count back, then uh, it would be equal coming away from Spa. There's a reminder of the DKR Engineering and Nielsen Racing gap. You can't be caught at DKR Engineering. So championship to them with a round to spare. But Nielsen Racing and Graf are going to duke it out as far as the final positions are concerned, with Spirit of the Race a bit further back as well. My thanks to Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com. It's Johnny Palmer signing off here from Spa, Francochon. But be sure to join us tomorrow for the European Le Mans series. There is confirmation of the team's championship in the GT3s as well. And it is, as Lee Moll quite rightly points out, seven points the gap. 91.5 for EB Motors, back to 84.5 for Lee Moll. And the FVC Sport Management Lamborghini on 58 points. Kind of out of the championship hunt now. So it's a two-horse race in GT3s with one round to go and 26 points on offer. It's been a really nice day here, weather-wise, and presented thoroughly entertaining racing. I think that battle between Fabio Babini and Ben Barker will live long in my memory. Kind of what you expect coming here to the seven-kilometre-long Spa-Francorchamps. Plenty more action tomorrow in the European Le Mans series. Join us then. The 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.